0: Welcome to Oscar Sunday. I'm Austin Johnson. I'm Connor Zegarey, and today we're going to be talking about the most successful uh, box office film of all time, Avatar, in two thousand nine. James Cameron, Big Jim, <laughs> the legend himself. <laughs> He's, uh, you know, his new his new film, uh, Avatar, Way of Water, is that what it's called? <laughs> yes. Uh, is is out now? You could probably tell already. I'm not very jazzed about these movies. I just, I, I probably won't see the new one in theaters, or maybe ever. I just don't, don't really care. Uh, I like James Cameron. You know, I like some of his movies. Some of them, uh, you know, some of them I leave leave over there. But uh, he's, I guess, he's a hit or miss filmmaker for me. But he's obviously super successful. Uh, you know, guy behind, you know. Massive movies, some movies that we like, you know, like like Aliens is a movie we really care about, and we we feel that he provided one of the best sequels of all time there. Or and, and you know he he has movies like Titanic, which also made a shit ton of money and broke records at the time. And then he broke his own record with Avatar. So obviously he's a, a household name, and we haven't really ever talked about him on this podcast. I don't think so. This is new territory, kind of, but also not like our favorite territory for him. I don't know. Uh you got to see the new film, the second one. Uh today we're recording on Saturday night. You got to see that earlier. Uh what are your general thoughts without, you know, spoiling it, which there's not there's never too much to spoil because there's no fucking story. You know, it's just like (laughs) bad guys, good guys, you know. All right. You know, it's just kind of really simple. Like a five-year-old could catch on to what's going on yeah true um okay so let me start out
1: by saying it is it's good um that's good good to hear i don't think it was worth a 13-year wait i feel like <laughs> the technology that cameron insisted be perfected didn't look all that different from the technology in 2009's avatar like i feel like it it's a compulsion with him but it's a better story. The characters pop better. Uh, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, there's a giant character moment that does not get resolved. That I'm, I thought, hmm, uh, maybe he's saving that. For, maybe saving that for part three. But I was like, yeah, that's a good question. Who is that person's parents? It's like, oh, I guess we're not going to find out. Okay, um, it's it's very much a save the whales movie. Like, if the first one was Save the Trees, this one's Save the Whales.
0: Ah, nice.
1: And it's actually the whale is probably my favorite character because he's like got personality and he's like an outcast and he's nice, like fighting for something, but it's also, you know, just a fucking whale. <laughs> just a massive, massive yeah. whale. It turns into Free Willy for about an hour and a half. It's, uh. it's weird. There's a lot of different movies happening in here. Uh, interesting it's you know for three hours and ten minutes it was good I wasn't I fell asleep watching the first Avatar for, for this podcast yesterday uh, I had to get up get some caffeine regroup go back in which I have never had to do in any film we've ever covered on this show faces I sat all the way through Avatar put me to sleep
0: <laughs> that's a that's an interesting kind of project like what movies have I had to break up this is definitely the one that comes to mind. I had to split it up. I watched half of it on Wednesday night and the other half on Thursday night. You know, it's it's like two and a half hours, the first one. So the fact that this second one is three hours. I have, from everybody I've talked to that has seen it, including you, they have said it is better than the first one, and it is a little bit more engaging, a little bit more impressive as far as what they're going for. Uh, and And people have said the kind of second hour that like takes place in the water a lot is pretty interesting. So I don't know. I I think go ahead. It's, it's the, it's a rehash of the first movie, you know, it's
1: (sighs) Jake and Jake having to learn the ways of the forest uh, people. And then now his family has to learn the ways of the water people, but it's
0: the same thing. Yeah. yeah uh, well because there's no there there's no one's no one cares that's like in the writing (laughs) room no one cares that's like writing the screenplay no one gives a shit
1: i read i read about his process apparently he's 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 got two three four and five happening all at the same time which is ambitious and incredibly egotistical that he thinks anybody he thinks avatar is god's gift to cinema and i i would like him to stop but um he wrote two and he's got a guy working on three. He's got someone else working on four and five, and then they all come together and make sure no one's stepping on anybody.
0: Yeah. That is just, that's just a fucking headache, you know? Right. (laughs) Obviously the, 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 the gravity that these movies have is, is the visual aspects of it, of course. And that's why people, when it came out in 09, I was one of those people, too. When I saw it in theaters, I was, it was half my life ago. I was 14. Yeah. And and I and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the, one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. You know, it was that kind of attitude. And that's, what, that's the attitude everybody had seeing that movie. And it was one of those you have to go see in theaters because it's so visually captivating. It's not going to work the same at home. And with that being said, it's probably the same case for the second one because that's what it is it's a visual you know it's 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 cgi out the wazoo it looks like a video game so if you're not seeing it on a giant screen you might as well skip it <laughs> like you know it, it's it i don't know it's going to be on disney plus at some point like later later down the road not pretty and I, soon
1: there's already a page for it
0: jeez <laughs> already yeah, I, I say give it a month <laughs> yeah so there you go and like i might watch it I might. That's a, you know, that's a that's a big big word there for me when when it comes to Avatar. So I I don't I don't know. I just don't really care, man. Like I, I, the past thirteen years, I just haven't been like having these amazing conversations about Avatar, and 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 the the fact that this movie started production in two thousand seventeen, you know, it took five years to get this motherfucker out, out out in the theaters. Is like you better blow my mind. You better this better be one of the greatest movies ever known to man if it's gonna take that long. And that's not just, you know, the concep you know, the conceptualization of the movie. It's it's filming and, and making the movie and, and generating everything that needs to happen. So that I just know. I, I don't know. That's just like not my thing. Uh, if a movie's gonna take that long, it better be. Awesome. It better be rivaling some of the greatest movies of all time. And and I, I just don't see that being the case. I've got a few points. Uh
1: one, this is the guy who gave us The Terminator and yeah. Aliens and T2 and True Lies. Like yeah. James Cameron was one of the greatest filmmakers on earth. Like the movies he was making were revolutionary, were incredible, were timeless. Yeah. And then some a, a switch got flipped. And he's just been all in on alien cats for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, another point, I realized this watching Avatar last night, like it's the highest grossing film of all time, but it has had zero effect on popular culture, which is crazy. I mean, number two, Avengers Endgame Game we're still talking about that. We just did an episode not too long ago where we're still as excited today as we were then. Yeah. So how do you, how do you make that kind of money and then disappear for 13 years and come back and act like you, you've always been here. (laughs) It's,
0: it's weird. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, Obviously it's, it's a movie that like everybody's just, just seen in some, some way. Even if you were, you know, say five years old in 2009, as you've gotten older, probably chances are at some point you watched Avatar just because that's just the way it is. But your point about it not being in, like an impact on pop culture is it, it's just, it, it's no fun to talk about. It's zero fun to talk about because nothing happens. Like it's just the most boring story that I can think of when it comes to these massive, massive movies, you know, some of the other movies that are on that list, you know, you know, in game infinity war, you know, like Deathly hollows part two, top gun maverick, you know, even Joker crossed the billion dollar threshold. But, But those movies are generally fun to talk about. And there's like, there's content within that, that is enjoyable to dig into with, with avatar. It's basically just that looked cool. I don't, if that's as far as the conversation goes, I just don't really care. You're never, you're never really talking about Jake Sully. You're never like, whoa, what a cool character. You know, Sam Worthington. Like, <laughs> sorry, buddy, but like, if that's the guy that's carrying your, your, you know, this 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 movie that you want to live live forever, it's not gonna live forever, my man. You know, it just ain't. It it just ain't. Like Worthington has proven over the past ten years, like he's just not worth the price of admission. It is the visual effects. That's it. So it's it's this experience thing. It's like taking a drug, and like once you're done with it, you're done with it. And you move on, and like that, and that's that. So I just I, I don't know, man. I I love talking about movies. I love discourse. I love what does this movie mean? What did the filmmaker mean by that? You're never questioning what this movie means. It's a white savior movie, like point blank. Period. You know that's just what it is, and I never am wondering what what happened or what the decisions were there it's so obvious it really is a movie that i like a 5 year old could follow and be like oh yeah this is this is what's going on and that's not a bad thing you know i think some kids movies are great some you know some like some pixar and disney stuff but if you're going for this and you're trying to make this pg13 kind of mature adult movie that people are going to talk about forever. This is just not really the way to do it in my eyes. Well, it's not just that. It's it's also the the
1: fact that like the people who do love this movie, they don't act like it's, you know, an exciting sci-fi movie that they love. They act like it's the greatest film of all time. And you are like, you're an idiot for not appreciating the nuances of this magical film, which is stupid. It's like, no. I saw Dances with Wolves. I saw Pocahontas. I I, I know about Ferngully. It's been done. Uh,
0: yeah. Colonization. Yeah, I
1: get yeah. it. <laughs> the white guy shows up and all of a sudden they know how to fight. It's like, okay. Um, yeah. Fucking one thing, shit. Right? One thing I realized with The Way of Water that actually kind of made me a little bit, uh, I don't want to say worried, but apprehensive for the future of effects driven films There's nowhere else to go. We've seen what visual effects are capable of. This is supposed to be the peak here. That's it. Like, you can't wow me anymore with computer generated images. I know, I know it's fake. I know, you know, that dinosaurs don't exist. I know aliens don't exist. Like, it looks neat, but we're never going to see another film that's going to blow our minds visually because there's nowhere else to go. Mm hmm. And I don't I don't care for that. You know, I I, I don't know if that's just me and my cynicism that's been creeping up on me over the past couple of years. But <laughs> this film, just everybody saying, you know, Cameron saying like he waited so long to perfect this underwater mocap tech that is going to blow our minds. And then I watched it and I'm like, oh, OK. Like I didn't have a moment of like, oh, wow. I was just like, all right. Which. Is not the reaction you're supposed to have to a movie that's being billed as a visual game changer.
0: Mm, interesting. Yeah, well put. It, it is, it's kind of like if CGI and 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 you know, technology in general is a cookie jar, James Cameron's like, give me all the motherfucking cookies, and you're never gonna wonder what a cookie tastes like anymore. It's over. Like I, I took the cookies, bitch. <laughs> you know? I've
1: experienced it, it, every flavor and now I can't be surprised anymore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of talked about this in a different way with a much different perspective when we did our Jurassic Park episode where it was like, oh man, it's, so, it's the threshold movie of entering the 90s, entering modern cinema. And so you, you have the practicality side of Jurassic Park, which is so engaging. So engaging and so relatable, you feel yeah. like you could be there, and then it also has a few moments of very clearly cGI but still they're very wild moments. you know the first time you see a dinosaur, you're with the main characters you know you you have the same face as Laura Dern you're like wow that that's cool as shit you yeah. know but but when it's a bunch of humanoids that are all ten foot blue people, you know you're you don't have that relatability, you don't have the practicality side of it. it's just all. There's like zero substance. There's zero. There's nothing to hold, like grasp onto. And yeah, that is that is scary for the future of of sci-fi movies. Which is why you have to get so goddamn creative. You know, a a movie like a, an Annihilation or Ex Machina. You know, like movies that are well. Now we have to be just weird and way different, because all those big budget monster studios, they're they're taking over all of it. We have no. We have to do our own thing. We have to make our own movies that are going to cost less, make less, but hopefully last longer. And that's kind of, I'd rather be in that camp. Well, the way you last longer
1: is you rely on practical effects. You make it real. You don't just, you know, throw it into a computer, spend millions of dollars to make something that, you know, an actor has to react to nothing so they can put it in and post. Jurassic Park lives up. I mean, um, you know, uh, stands up to this day because of Stan Winston's dedication to making a giant Tyrannosaurus that, they brought to set yeah. Like, that you need that a film like avatar. Like I know, like we're going to talk about it later. This thing took best cinematography. Yeah. Oof. How is, how is that any different than like toy story taking best cinematography? If you can I make don't... it on a computer, I feel like it.
0: it's not, it's, it's different. It's a different animal. Yeah. I think what you and I like about that category is, is obviously practicality and uh, using like natural light and you know outdoors locations yeah. you know like taking your camera to a place and making a movie you know that's yeah. kind of our that's kind of what we that's that's our favorite thing about that particular category um so yeah i'm, I'm in the same same camp as you just I, I just much prefer, um, you know, Emmanuel Lubezki, who's like, no, I'm, I'm going to use the elements, like that's what I'm, I'm going to use the elements with my camera, and we're going to make a movie, kind of showing how beautiful the world is, you know, and our own world, yeah, and you know, you you watch something like, like The Revenant, take what you take what you will with that movie, but you cannot deny that it looks so goddamn good. And it's because because it's real because <laughs> because it's, it's real lighting, you know. Uh, it's, exactly, it's, it's real. It, yeah, it, he's 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 got his camera out in you know negative twenty degree weather with a tarp over you know covering you know hovering over the camera so that it doesn't get damaged. You know, like that. That's best cinematography to me and to you, and I think to most people who really really care about movies. Uh, but yeah, it, frustrating. Yeah, I mean Avatar. Nine nominations at the 82nd Academy Awards. That's that's a lot. It's a lot of nominations. That's that's tied for the most at that ceremony with um with The Hurt Locker, which thank God now looking back The Hurt Locker beat Catherine Bigelow's The Hurt Locker beat James Cameron's The Avatar uh, or just Avatar um, for Best Picture and also got more total wins. So love that. I'm not a huge. I mean, I like The Hurt Locker. Not crazy about it. But I like it. I think, it's a, I think it's a quality film and has some amazing scenes in it and like incredible filmmaking and good performances, real life performances. <laughs> and, and, and I'm so glad that it won. Cause I, I remember watching those Oscars. I like still to this day, I remember like yesterday and I remember my parents being kind of like, I hope they don't give it to avatar best picture specifically. Cause it's just like, like what are we doing after that? Like what, if that wins, well then In Game has to win. Then Spider Man No Way Home has to win because it because it does it does it does what that movie's doing but better, you know. So it's kind of a it's one of those moments that could have changed, I think, the Best Picture category for worse, in my opinion.
1: Well, it it also you know just highlights the hypocrisy of the Academy. You know how come an effects driven CGI heavy film like Avatar is granted nine nominations and respected, but a film like
0: the Avengers is shunned cuz it came out of a comic book. Yeah, that's so frustrating. When when if you watch uh, you know Infinity War Endgame, the complexity and the dialogue and all of those things like around the story are actually there. <laughs> and and you actually feel things when they happen. When Black Widow dies, you're like, "Ah, oh, fuck," you know? Like that moment is like built up correctly, you feel it over a ten year span, and it sucks when it happens. You're like, oh no, fuck me! You know she died. There's never once a moment like that in Avatar. You're never like, oh no, Sigourney Weaver. Oh, like, I, I don't care. I got to know her for. I got to know her for like, thirty minutes of screen time, and and her character was just spouting off one liners the entire movie. I just don't give a shit. Steven Lang in this movie, I I like that guy, but what the fuck is this performance in this movie? It's just nonstop like, bullseye, get him. Like, her, <laughs> 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 you know, fire. You know, it's just, it's nothing. It's just nothing's there. You could
1: cut the names of all these characters and just boil them down to stereotypes and tropes. You've got, you know, cranky anti-military scientist. You've got, angry you know gung-ho kill them all you know ex-vietnam soldier you've got you know businessman who doesn't understand the value of human life it's it's so by the numbers yeah there's there's no heart in any of these characters there's no gray area everyone's just us or them bad guy good guy because the movie tells you to like it tells you like all right you don't like that guy
0: you like this guy and i don't like i don't like when that happens no, it treats you like a, like an idiot, and that's what I know it because I haven't seen this in a long, long time. I saw it in theaters, and I probably watched it maybe a couple times after, like when my family bought it. And we just had it at our house. I, I don't own it anymore, nor do I wish to own it anymore. Um, and you know, I was I, part of me regrets <laughs> part part of me regrets being like, oh, well, this new movie's coming out. Let's cover the the first one because it was a big. Oscar movie. Let's cover it on Oscar Sunday. Part of me was like, I wish I just would have picked something that I like or something I haven't seen before that's ambitious, like a Bicycle Thieves or a Faces. You know, or an older film or a for you know a foreign movie, something like that is is got got some real substance to it. But I was like, no, this new huge movie is coming out. Let's cover the first one. Let's talk about James Cameron. Let's talk about Avatar. And, and I, I, while I was watching, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck to choose for these awards. I'm gonna just shit on this movie. Uh, you, you, you can't back out mid episode. We're doing this. Oh no, it's happening. <laughs> I, I literally, I the Tarantino award for best quote of the movie. Oh, I, I don't fucking know.
1: I, to be fair, it's all when, mediocre. When you put this on the schedule, I remember you had Avatar slash T two. I remember thinking. Are we going to do T2? Like, what's he going to go with? And I'm like, he really, he went with Avatar. All right. It's his show. It's his show. Dumbass. Dumbass. I can't, I can't do anything about it. It's not my call.
0: That stupid <laughs> motherfucker from two months ago. <laughs> we
1: could have done Aliens. We could have done True Lies. We could have done The Abyss.
0: All of them are nominated. Yeah, I know. We could have just been like, fuck Avatar. Let's just talk about James Cameron. Instead, I was like, no, let's, let's do Avatar. Let's talk about what's happening. We don't, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> but here we are here we are here's here's the thing we can get this movie out of the way and in the future we can cover all those other ones and and give james cameron the respect he deserves because yeah the guy the guy the guy's cool like he's got some cool movies but for the past 30 years i just don't care just don't care like what he's doing just don't don't give a shit after titanic he was like money 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 and that's where
1: we're at now he needs a failure his ego has gotten out of control. He's never had a box office failure. Every film he's ever done has been a huge, insane record breaking hit. And that's going to get to your, you know, that's going to mess you up. You're going to think you can't fail. And I think he has forgotten how to fail. So I kind of hope way of water bombs just so he can have a bit of a fucking wake up
0: call. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it's going to bomb, but I also don't think it's going to get anywhere near the first one. Not anywhere near.
1: We're going to get avatar three. I don't, know if we're gonna get four and five
0: yeah most of my you know including you most of the most of the people that i know that like like movies that are around you know in their you know mid to late 20s don't really care for avatar it's it's almost like well our generation like yeah cool neat because we've, we've been desensitized since then with cgi with big boom like explosion you know big battle sequences at the end of the movie and character building at the beginning and that's just what the movie is. We've gotten we've gotten kind of used to okay, we get it. We get it. We we would like something a little different. Uh yeah. and 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 I don't know. I, I think that's that's shown. And so you might have you know some pretty impressive numbers at the box office, but conversation wise, legacy-wise, call me crazy, but I think people are gonna be talking about you know, I I don't know, uh, Barbarian and Banshees, you know, Martin's Martin's film. They're going to be talking about those movies longer and they're going to talk about with more passion for years and years to come. That's just kind of how I feel about that, even though they don't make as much money. Well,
1: Way of Water is going to make a splash at the Oscars next year. It's going to be up for Best Picture. Cameron's probably going to be up for Director. It's going to take all the technical stuff. God. But it doesn't deserve to be there. It's there out of obligation, because the Academy, I don't know, for whatever reason, since Titanic, you know, Cameron can walk on water.
0: <laughs> That's good. That is good. I like that. Um, well, let's, okay, so let's just let's just go ahead and dive into the awards. Let's get them, let's get them the fuck out the way. <laughs> just going to be honest here. I don't really ever do this on the show, because I typically pick movies that I, I like or have something positive to say about, you know, no, this, this is, this is cool. It's, it's
1: Oscar Sunday, but with a beyond the bad flavor. And that's, oof. that's kind of fun.
0: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, let's let yeah, let's do, let's do our awards here in a second. Well, then we'll look at the the ceremony, 82nd kind of And then at the end, let's have some fun, talk about some stuff we've been watching lately. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some Christmas stuff, some random stuff. There's a horror movie that you told me to watch. I definitely want to talk about. So, Let's do that at the end, have some fun, finish the episode off properly. But let's jump into our awards. Let's just just fucking do it. You know, (laughs) it's got to happen. The Tarantino Award is for best quote of the movie, which I just feel wrong speaking about Quentin Tarantino and this movie at the same time. Uh, Same with Ennio Morricone for the best music moment. Uh, Same with Philip Summer Hoffman, because Philip Summer Hoffman, if he were a blue guy, he'd give a shit. You know, he feels for Hoffman as, as a humanoid, as a, what are they called? Navi Navi. Uh, PSH would probably be cool. He'd probably, he'd probably be some badass in their community who actually has some fucking, you know, substance uh, <laughs> and the Roger Deakins award for best December, uh, best scene of the movie. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Good luck, man. Cause I had a hard time with these. Yeah,
1: I, I, this was this took me forever to write down. I I pretty much just went with Jake's big speech right before they take on the sky people. And, what uh, and
0: what is that? The sky people. I know that that took you what a second to think of. Like, How come they have? A, a, what should we call humans from Navi perspective? Sky
1: people. Like, How come they can say words like ignorant, but they can't just say
0: human being? Or or, or what why why can Jake tell his little his flying thing bank left? What since when has this flying thing, it's heard Navi its whole life, all of a sudden this guy's speaking in plain English, bank left? Bank right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it understand how does it understand him? <laughs> like what? Yeah. Bank when I heard when I heard bank left, I audibly laughed out loud i was like god this movie i can't fucking do this (laughs) i want to know what
1: accent they're doing here with the navi and like who what people they base this on and who is getting insulted here because it just gets doubled down in the way of water (sighs) oh god yeah and nobody wants to say because there will be hell to pay if somebody comes out and says like oh yeah we base this on so and so because it's not flattering (laughs) so jake's big speech has very much you know idris elba and pacific rim we're canceling the apocalypse vibe uh the sky people have sent us a message that they can take whatever they want that no one can stop them well we will send them a message (laughs) god damn it you ride out (laughs) as fast as the wind can carry you you tell the other clans to come tell them taruk Makto calls to them you fly now with me my brothers sisters and we will show the sky people that they cannot take whatever they want and that this this is our land that's uh... see when you're when you're James Cameron and you in your office have posters of Terminator 2 and True Lies and Titanic no one is going to tell you hey you might want to rewrite that you might might want to take that Yeah, out that's dumb no one's going to say that As a writer, always have at least one person in your circle who is not going to kiss your ass and tell you that what you just wrote
0: is shit. (laughs) You need that. Yeah, and be like, hey, yeah, you might want to like think for a second about this one. Uh, And that's that's like the whole movie. (laughs) Someone should have been like, hey, hey, Jim, just hire somebody to write you a story, dude. Like, good night. I know your ex-wife's
1: still on speed dial. Why don't you call her?
0: Yeah, Jesus.
1: <laughs> God, Catherine. But, Ka- yeah. I get why Catherine was like, see ya. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, I went with that basically because it was like a big moment and it was one of the few bits of dialogue that didn't have me roll in my eyes mostly. Uh so there it is. I this is not a this is not a proper award.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I chose something that I thought I guess has some stuff some substance. Um uh, it's from Norm Spellman, who is just the most basic archetype for nerdy guy who knows the language, and there you go. We don't get really any background on him. We don't ever well, when he gets shot at, like actually gets shot. His avatar, you're like, I, I don't really care. It's like in slow motion. You just don't really give a shit. Like you know, you remember the final battle, and then he wakes up and he's like, you know, as this human version. It's yeah, you know, it's just um,
1: I don't actually. He he's in part two as well, so
0: I guess it was uh, yeah. fine. Yeah, he's fine because he um his human version of him like wakes up in time to live or whatever. Oh no, his avatar is in part 2. Like straight up. Like I wonder how I wonder how that works. Did he get a new avatar? Yeah. They never told that. They never told me. <laughs> well, cuz they don't they, they know they know nobody's paying attention. It's been 13 years. There's no I hate to bring up Marvel again, but the continuity is like every year Dude. we have a movie or two movies, so you like have to, you have to care about what happens in each one because people are going to be like, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, you can't just, you can't just go from point A to point B like that. The
1: explanation for how Quaritch is back is the most convoluted soap opera bullshit I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good God, yeah, uh, I can make fun of this screenplay all goddamn day, but. This is okay. This is this is all I could justify giving giving it my award. Um from Norm. He's speaking to Jake about the language. And, and you know, I thought it was an okay moment. He says, Now this is a very important part of it. It's not just I'm seeing in front of me. It's I see into you. I see you. And that's the that's the yeah, so dumb explaining why I liked it. <laughs> it's it it, it it is a decent moment because I, I do think Zoe Saldana does a great job of kind of when they're saying that to each other, you know, Jake Sully and Natiri, N- 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 I think is how you say her name? Yeah. When they're looking at each other and they say the the quote, I see you over and over, it is important to know in context, at least they thought about this part of the movie, it is important to know that at some point Jake learns that in their language it's a little bit different than it is in English. You know, the way, the, the, the context of it doesn't matter. It's the same as from English to Spanish or or any language, there's going to be those little tiny context, you know, changes that, that that will make, you know, using those words more powerful if you use them correctly. And I do think like, that's interesting. If you're going to, you know, do a world building and create a whole language, uh, he hired, James Cameron hired a guy to make up a language and he made up a thousand words. That's kind of neat. Use it. Use that use, actually build this world up, you know, don't just kind of throw out like home tree and, <laughs> you know, all these different kinds of, you know, tree of souls, like these most, the most basic way of kind of describing these places. If you have your own language, like utilize it. It's kind of neat to have your own language. And so when Norm is having those moments of, cause he's like, Oh, I've studied this language for five years. So he knows it really well. He just has to work on his, his context. I love that he's explaining that to Jake. I thought it was an okay scene. You know, it's not, it's not a bad scene. It's ironic because uh, right at the
1: beginning of the way of water, Jake has a line where he says, I've been speaking their language for so long. I all I hear now is English. And they justify that as like now, like he's hearing Navi the whole movie, but we're hearing English. The rest of the movie's in English. (laughs) So that language thing gets thrown out pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, like that, like that. That is a prime example of I just don't care, Mm. or 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 the use of, and I know this is a big sci-fi, you know, plot device, is using video logs if someone's out in space or here or there. That's like that's your composition is just a guy speaking into a camera. Yeah, I've been here for ten years now, and. I don't even know what's what. Everything's backwards. It's Like, show me, show me the money. <laughs> you know, like I want to see, I want to see filmmaking. I want to see story unfold. I want to see something. Don't just spew fucking bullshit at me and then be like, "Look at that flower. Wow." You know, I, I, I'm not five. You know. <laughs>
1: Every time I see a video log in in a sci-fi movie, all I hear is Captain's Log, Stardate 2205. We've just crash-landed on a strange planet. I just kept Shatner. Yeah, yeah. Because they had a half hour to to give us, like, all right, so this is where the Enterprise is, this is what's going on, get with the program. But these movies have a lot more time than that. They have a lot more, like, I think, you know, seasoned writers
0: try a little harder. (laughs) Yeah, and if your plan is to make five of these motherfuckers, like, let's 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 make a screenplay let's write a story let's get a story in there you know I, you'll spend a lot less money and you'll get a lot more people invested in oh wow like there are there are true stakes here there are true stakes because everything just just bump 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 it's just a fucking snowball effect with these movies just get trying to get to a finish line you know? it's frustrating it's like man yeah i don't know i just I think I just can't do it, man. I just can't do it. The more I'm talking about it, the more I'm like, I just don't care about this movie.
1: I know what we're seeing with James Cameron in real time is a confirmation of the hypothesis that every successful major studio director eventually devolves into Michael Bay.
0: It happens to everybody
1: happens. Just happened to Spielberg happened to Lucas happened to Coppola. It's happening to James Cameron right now.
0: Oh, it's sad to think that, like, could that happen to Jordan Peele, you know, because he, he he's he's like one of the modern guys who's in his 40s, who a studio will be like, hey, do what you want. Here's a bunch of money. It could potentially
1: happen to Greta Gerwig next year, depending on how that Barbie movie turns out.
0: A hundred percent. It could happen to her. This is just her third movie now, but people are treating her like she's the God. Yeah. It's yeah. Scary.
1: Scary mm-hmm. world,
0: scary world out there, my man. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the score, mm. the ennio Mor, the Ennio Award. What did what, you take from the score here? Y- you like it, or average?
1: I've always, what? I've always liked James Horner's work. I think this is a decent score. Uh, kind of generic, pretty, you know, nothing special about it really. Uh, but serviceable. I do want to reiterate that you know these awards are not exactly the Stanley Cup these are, you know, the participation trophies you give the wee hockey team when one of them falls over and nobody scores any goals. well put, well put. <laughs> um i went with the the moment um where natiri says awa has heard you and all the creatures start attacking the the humans. the score gets all bouncy and it's like ha ha gods on their side, which is nice to have. and <laughs> yeah, they, they yeah, Mother Nature fucks up the invaders, and that's neat. Music we got a little. It was it was it was a little different. It wasn't just the same score over and over again in different
0: different keys. It was something else, which I liked. No, That's good. Yeah, uh, I went with something that was kind of you know run of the mill, but does have. It's the destruction of home tree. Mm. It's the title of the score, and uh. It does have like a couple moments of oh that was that was kind of like I, I felt well, what they're trying to portray here, and it's it's a long it's like a seven minute song. It's a big scene, obviously. You know, it's that initial uh-oh, we're under attack. You know, Stephen Lang really wants that unobtainium. Uh, you know, they they got to get that unobtainium, unobtainium. And oh, real quick, that shit doesn't come up once in the sequel. <sighs> Yeah, there's a new substance that's even more valuable. <laughs> so let me guess. Let me guess. Somehow, some way, the U.S. military, in some capacity, is like, we got to go back. We got to go back. We got, uh, we got, we got a new thing to go get. Somehow, I swear to God, Stephen Lang's involved again. Right? You're gotta entirely be. on the money so far. Yeah, <laughs> he's got to be involved. Just because that's just, you know, that's what we kind of. We we look at him as, like, the main bad guy, even though it's probably Giovanni Ribisi in the first movie. We look at Stephen Lang as the face of the the enemy. Now, I know from the trailer that I've seen, there's Jake Sully and Natiri have children now. Yeah. So it's got to be kind of a combination of, well, we got to raise our kids and, you know, figure out how to, you know, relate to them. And then, but also, there's going to be a battle at the end. And, and, and the U.S. is going to, you know, the military... It's just the U.S. military. God forbid anybody else from around the world, uh, or universe, rather, is coming to Pandora. Only the U.S. knows about it, you know? Nobody knows about Pandora except the United fucking States, you know? <laughs> That's the only perspective that matters. So they're com- They're going to come back. The last hour of the movie is going to be 40 minutes of fucking explosions, and the last 20 minutes is like, ah, we won, or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. You,
1: you can teach a class.
0: Was- I don't, I don't. That's not the class I want to be teaching. <laughs> I tell you what.
1: It is like you throw in some ocean creatures and Edie Falco and you got your you got it.
0: Edie Falco. Sopranos Edie Falco. Yeah. She's
1: the general of the entire operation. Okay. Now I'm interested. <laughs> she's also in it for about a total of five minutes.
0: Oh, never mind. That is hilarious, though. Edie Falco. What's she been up to? That's crazy. Well apparently since this was like a 5 year production she was filming Avatar. <laughs> yeah, I wondered about her. Interesting. Okay. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't see the uh uh the tempo or the you know what I'm trying to say. The the kind of of the story it's going to be the same for all these Avatar movies. It's going to be kind of all right, let's re let's reintroduce everybody and like you said you mentioned earlier He's like, well, I used I got used to the land and all the land creatures and all the dangers of the the the, the jungle. Now I got to be in the water, and next time it'll be in the fucking mountains. I don't, I don't fucking know.
1: <laughs> well, let me put it this way: there's a major character death in this movie, and there was no emotion because I didn't know the guy's name. I was like, oh, that's sad. Who this is that the is that that guy or is it? Oh, all right. That was my re- I wasn't like, oh, I was like. Yeah. Okay, I remember him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ! And, and look, look, it's okay to turn your brain off and watch a movie. I don't think either of us are trying to be above that. We've never been that way. We like a lot of just fucking dumb, fucking action movies that don't don't need a whole lot. It's it's knowing what you are. It's knowing your own identity. Yeah. So, a a movie like Escape from New York, which is like a rail thin fucking screenplay it's all it's all imagination and action and, and and practicality and cool performances i love that movie to death it knows what it is <laughs> john carpenter knew what what was going on that's like what makes him such a cool director is he never was like these are gonna change your life this the, you know he was like i, I but I, I will make your life cooler it'll be more fun that's that's uh, i'm gonna give you a good time James Cameron very much gives off a vibe of this is it this is cinema and if you don't if you don't watch my movies then who are you 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 don't know movies and that, it's that identity crisis that i like when a movie a director a movie and and its ideas are are on the same page and with the with with this i feel like it's all off it's all off and i yeah the, the the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I don't need to see the second one. I'm good. <laughs> I'm fine. I'll be okay. Uh, it also helps that my wife just does not care for them either, or doesn't care for the first one either. And she was like, she even said, <laughs> cause I started watching it. She was going to bed. She's like, why are you watching this movie? You don't like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I know. Uh, doing it for a podcast. Fuck me. And she's like, and I was like, "Well, do you want to see the second one?" She's like, "Well, why why would I do that? I didn't like the first one. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I married you." <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I get it. You know i I really don't like films that try to have the best of both worlds while not having enough of either one. Movies that look, you know they they want you to turn your brain off and enjoy them, but they also want you to think about it constantly and take something ethereal away from it. It's like you can't have both. Either be fun or don't be fun, but stop trying to act like you're this big, thinky movie when you put zero effort into a script, giving us nothing but tropes and, you know, walked away with three billion dollars.
0: Yeah, it's what's great is that this year in particular, we have we have two movies that set the prime example with Top Gun Maverick. Just a fun movie. Everybody agreed. Fun as shit. Wasn't trying to poke at you or make you like feel dumb or or smart. It was it was just a movie. And they knew that. They knew that. Tom Cruise fucking knew that. And here's Avatar, the other movie that's probably going to make similar amount of money to a Top Gun Maverick with a completely different mindset. You know, I'll take, I'll take the Top Gun fuck yeah, let's have some fun at the theater and we don't need to worry about talking about the story too much because that's not what they're going for. They're going for stunts and practicality and cool shit. <laughs> you know, like, and, that, and that's what it is. You know, it's just a fun fucking movie. And that's why it's going to get talked about and rewatched in the future. Um, and I respect that about it.
1: Yeah, me too. It knows what it is. It knows what it's doing. It's not trying to trick you. It's not trying to make you feel bad for not thinking it's the pinnacle of modern
0: cinema. Who directed that? Was that was that Macquarie? That's uh, Kaczynski. Uh, Joseph Kaczynski, I believe is his name. Uh, you're talking about Top Gun? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Kaczynski. Yeah. Yeah. He's he knew what he was making. He knew this
1: was Top Gun 2. Let's be honest. Tom Cruise probably directed that movie more than he did. Yeah,
0: it, it which really makes sense when you see um, just a few months after Top Gun Maverick came out, um, Kaczynski directed uh, what's it called? Spiderhead, the Netflix film, mm. which was kind of which was kind of a talky head, you know, head game movie that didn't make sense and nobody really liked Uh and so it's very clear that Tom Cruise was pulling strings. Yeah. And I we all expected that. He's one of those guys who does that. But the yeah. movie
1: was a huge success. Pretty much everybody liked it. And we're still talking about it. It's going to make a probably an award splash. And, you know, Avatar is more like, oh, here, you know, it's finally here. Now we can shut up about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it feels like a task. And I I've I've completely I've gotten so comfortable in my own skin as a movie person that I I don't have to go do something because that like that's what you do as a movie fan. Meaning I don't feel like I need to rush to see Avatar because I genuinely don't care. I'd be lying to myself if I was like, oh man, I have to see that on opening weekend. I'm glad one of us saw it for this, for this particular show. Obviously you've got uh, a well-deserved break from school right now and you had the time to go see it. I was at work, couldn't, didn't have time to see it. I would have, I probably would have, if I was off or, or had time to see it, I probably would have just so we could talk about it on the show. But if I wasn't doing this podcast and wasn't doing this particular movie, I, there's no way there's just no way I would have spent my own money in my own time on trying to, you know, get an opinion on something that I just don't don't really care about, don't have any passion for. I've, well, I've got I've got a lot of other stuff I'd rather watch.
1: Well, I, I appreciate that you're your own person when it comes to film. And yeah, you got no one. To, you're not trying to oppress anyone. You got yeah, you're doing your own thing. We should all aspire to that. Uh, I saw Avatar mostly. Well, for two reasons. One, I really wanted a burger. And there you go. Draft house. Yeah. 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 And two, I was, I thought, you know,
0: maybe, yeah, there's a, there's that sliver of hope. Yeah, yeah,
1: there's hope. I like to have some hope and it wasn't bad. It wasn't, you know, I'm not a completely, you know, my life has not been changed by seeing it on the big screen, but you could watch it on your TV and you'll, it'll be fine like nothing's going to James Cameron's not going to fall down the stairs. I don't I don't get this obsession with that shit. But um it was
0: good. You can wait. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, good to know. Uh let's see. Where were we? We just did the inyo I did you did you give your Ennio? You started Yeah, mine was it. mine was destruction of, uh, of, of home tree. tree.
1: That's what it was. Okay.
0: Yeah, I was listening I was listening to a little bit of the score today uh on Spotify and I was like, "Man, this is fine. It's okay. It's pretty by the numbers." But there are a couple, couple good moments. It, it is probably one of the better aspects of the movie for me, uh, which is, is kind of sad. But uh, you know, that's just the way it is. You did, you did say you like James Horner. I typically do as well. I, I think he, he's a fine, fine composer. Passed away, um, not that long after Avatar came out, um, like just a few years. Yeah. So he's not, a, he's not a part of the the second one, but. Um, you know, he did, he did the music for Titanic. You know, like he's, he's got some some big stuff in, 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 under his belt. Um, let's see. The Philip Simmer Hoffman Award. Best performance of the movie. Good luck. To me, there's only two people who actually give a shit
1: in this movie. And for very opposite reasons. Stephen Lang loves playing a military <laughs> asshole. Yeah. He does he'll do it again but as a blind guy in two movies later. Yep. But, um, he's good. He's not who I gave the award to. Zoe Saldana is carrying this thing.
0: I I gave it to her too. I think she's the
1: only person who could win this. Yeah, she cares. She's creating a character in Na'tiri. Her the mocap is fantastic. I like that character. I believe that character. But that's about it. Sam Worthington is just, you know, your average jarhead Movie guy Sigourney Weaver, it probably you know owed Cameron a favor, and, yeah. and all the other guys are just I don't know why Michelle Rodriguez is
0: here, just because she's like <laughs> I God she just gets typecasted. Yep, she's she just gets typecasted, and she's the one who's like I can't no I'm not gonna fucking stand for this you know I'm gonna fight the man. You know who's the worst in this movie? Who? Matt Matt Gerald. I'm never going to speak of this guy again on any podcast just because he's not going to come up. Cor- corporal Lyle Wainfleet. If you're not familiar with, if you're not familiar with a uh, corporal Lyle Wainfleet, it's the guy who is literally shooting a machine gun and saying, "Get some." <laughs> that guy. Fuck that guy. Fuck that performance. Fuck that character. That is, like, that is the most typical, stupid, like, war movie guy who's just like, I fucking get off by killing things, you know? And it's just, like, not true. It's just not a true thing. It's, if you're going to do that, that whole macho, whoa, 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 do it the platoon way, do it the full metal jacket way, give us some substance, give us a reason, give them a reason to be a major dickhead, you know? And then I'll be like impressed by oh wow, like that character makes sense. There's a reason they're so hard. You know, there's a reason they're they 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 have got you know this calloused mind, you know, this calloused heart. But yeah. with but with this movie, there's a bunch of guys when Stephen Lang is like, we're gonna fucking go out there and fucking eyes out for Juju Bees, like like that's what we're gonna do. You <laughs> know, and all these guys are like, yeah, like. This is just not how, like, how things work. Not everything is like a football game. Not everybody is just like, we got to get hyped. You know, a lot of people who are going into war are like, this is hard. This sucks. This is really tough. My job is hard today. And they're very, they're very serious, you know. Think, think of a, a 1917, you know, a more recent movie that, that takes that. There's not a bunch of people out there who are just like, oh man, I'll fuck shit up. It's like, I'm going to do my best to survive. And I'm, I'm a human being. This movie is filled with just stereotypical bullshit, like children cartoonish characters playing Marines. It's fucking horrible. You know? um, if there was an award for the worst performance of the movie on Oscar Sunday, I would call it the Matt Gerald Award. <laughs> yeah,
1: they are cartoonishly evil the military in this movie and they're not even at war like scientists came to this planet to look for resources and they brought military like you know consultants security
0: yeah Yeah,
1: but they're acting like this is you know world war three
0: over here and they turned it into one and and what what the like racism towards the Navi is like where? What is this? Like when Giovanni is just like what are those blue monkeys doing? You're like what he he literally. Where did that come Savages from? at one point, like that yeah. word
1: is in this movie.
0: <laughs> like where did this come from? This disdain for aliens
1: like, I, I, that that they invaded.
0: <laughs> Yeah, which is which is why it's like I've always been like, yeah, this is just Poca- Pocahontas on steroids. Yeah, you know, I mean, or on cr- or on crack. I don't really know. <laughs> you know, yeah, a race of
1: mostly white people showing up to a shore where they are not made welcome, and they are immediately met with hostility because
0: they're hostile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 not not just I in the movie, but the actors playing the people, all of the people who uh, have sympathy or are part of the Navi are black and brown people. Uh, You have, you know, Zoe Saldana, um, Michelle Rodriguez, like has a heart. Um, Dilip Rao uh, plays Dr. Max Patel has a heart. Um, Laz Alonso plays uh, Sute, the kind of macho guy. Who's like, who's this Jake Sully guy? Um, Her father, uh, uh, Nateri's father is played by, I believe he's from. It's um, God, what's his name? It's West Studi, right? Yes, yeah. Where's he from? Like another another a brown person? Like he's Native American. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, I mean, like, and then yeah. every bad motherfucker is white. It's like well, historically, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so it's like you're not even, you're not even trying to. I don't know. Have any perspective of? Oh, you you know th- this is a different place. It's just like, well, you just took the story of what we did. You didn't change it to like modern because this isn't two thousand nine. It's like the, the year is like twenty one fifty four when this is taking place. It's like over a hundred years from now. You know, like I I, I just yeah. don't quite I don't quite get that. You know what I mean? Like the the I have no problem being like oh white people are always gonna be bad. I, that yeah, fair fair enough. but I have I have I don't understand why you have to literally pit actors on actors like against each other. It's like oh dude, like you're just doing the whole we we came to America, Christopher Columbus and his motherfuckers came here and and we're like, look what we found. It's like no, it's been found. it's it's that exact same thing. Yeah, so there's no like, there's no real nuance to it. Is my point? I guess my point is not that like, oh, how dare you pit black and brown people versus white people? That's that's been the case. It's more like, where's the nuance to your story? To your this thing you made up? There is there is none. You just copy and pasted what's been done for the past a hundred years in in storytelling. Well, you've seen
1: the screenplay. You you know there's no nuance in this fucker. You know, Cameron didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, if it, if it helps you, uh, there are some white actors doing a Na'vi voice in part two. So that's that's nice.
0: Fine. That's fine. You know, it should be all kinds of people. Yeah, it's aliens. The, yeah, the not. Yeah, exactly. The Na'vi should just be whatever, you know, anything. I don't know why uh, they have to be like, you know, pretty much
1: modeled after Native Americans.
0: Yeah. And and it's like very much Native American and, and like African yeah like those like that's the inspiration for the invaded tribes no. of earth <laughs> exactly and yeah. it's just like how original Yeah, <laughs> oh, who? how'd you think of that
1: and you got the white businessman who's like oh those savages don't know the value of what they've got and we're just gonna take it from them and like what cultural sensitivity fuck you it's it's so yeah. it's it's a caricature non-stop everybody in this movie is a caricature
0: yeah and that's probably what bothers me the most so with that being said, we both chose Zoe Saldana because she's trying yeah she's doing something unique. I like what she does with the language I also like the physicality of her performance right you know if you watch the behind the scenes of this movie, she's got a lot to do you know and and there's some there are some behind the scenes uh videos of this movie that are quite fascinating with how they filmed it how they made it work you know um. There's like one video I saw the other day of, you know, a, a, a guy's holding a head, a model head of one of the, I think they're called Irkon, the like birds, the like big giant like dinosaur birds that they fly. And like when she's, you know, looking at it, and she's like about to ta- attach her hair to it or whatever. She, you know, there's there's a there's a big giant man holding and she jumps on the man's back. Like that's how they had to make this, you know, work. And there's some of that stuff that I do respect and is very fascinating. Like the strings you have to pull and the things you have to do to make this movie look the way it does. Uh, and it seemed like she was really getting after it, you know, uh, in all of those videos, she is locked in. She's like locked into her character. Think she's Nateri. It's cool. So I, I, I don't feel like anybody's even in second place for this award. I think it's Zoe and everybody else is kind of diddling around. <laughs> she is
1: majorly sidelined in the sequel. That's yucks. She has like a couple big moments, but she's not in a lot of it. The, the, the major characters of Part Two are his kids, yeah, fathers and sons, yeah. And yeah. of course, yeah. guess what? Dad and son don't get along because dad is a teenager who wants to fight, and dad's like, "No, you're not going to fight." And then there's the <laughs> middle kid who's like, "But I'm more than this," and he's like, "Shut up! I love your older brother more." Like, come on, yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Jim, come stop. on. Like, have a have an original idea. You've had them before. Do it again.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, it's there. You know, 30, 40 years ago, it was there. You know, I've seen Aliens. That's a sequel. That's a sequel off of a Ridley Scott movie. That is
1: good. You know, it's its own thing. And that's largely because of James Cameron.
0: Yeah, God. It's so frustrating. Um, all right. Well, here's our last award the Deacons. I. Right i don't know i i haven't even written anything down yet i'm still thinking (laughs) about it i don't know what'd you what do you got
1: well my consolation prize goes to uh jake fulfilling the prophecy and taming uh what i've come to call a big bird
0: okay Okay, that's a decent scene. Yeah,
1: where he's, which didn't seem that difficult, frankly, for this like prophecy no. that happens once every five thousand years. He just kind of jumped on it, and then it was fine. It, it,
0: yeah, I completely forgot that he he's narrated Of course, Sam Worthington's got to narrate this scene, and he's like, sometimes it just takes one insane move, and he jumps, and then it cut, and then it cuts. The scene cuts, and then all of a sudden, he's on the big bird, big red bird. And they're all like, "Oh my God, who's on Big Red Bird? Oh, it's Jake Sully." Big Red. Well, now, yeah, of course, the white guy. Of course, of course, he's the one who tamed this beast, and he's now going to lead us, lead us into battle, into yeah. war. He's one of us now. Let's completely forget the fact that he was reporting
1: everything about our culture to the bad guy the whole time we've known him. Let's ignore that. He is now our leader. We'll follow him into into death.
0: Let's 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 also just just you know let's just forget that he's a fucking human being from the united states of america using an avatar and banged basically the princess of our little our, our world like it's always yeah, the chief's daughter it's, fine. Isn't it? it's always the chief's daughter it's fine yeah it's never just some girl yeah it's never just like a girl who's like hey i live here too there's there is none of that yeah. when when natiri does that whole thing where she's like there's a lot of good women you have to choose a woman god forbid you be gay you have to choose a woman." And 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 that's just the way it is when you're when you fucking you become one of us. You choose a woman to be on your side because that's how things work. And she's like naming the other people, like who the fuck is that? I've, she's like, yeah, whatever. So and so is the best singer. Who? Who are you talking about? I don't even remember that scene. I must. That must have been when I was asleep. This is before they they fuck or whatever the fuck they do. I I don't like they connect hair. You know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> no, they well, actually do,
1: at some point, physically fuck, because they have four kids.
0: Yeah, how does that work? How does, for creation, work? I, like, I don't nothing's know explained. I you just see a
1: scene of Neytiri pregnant, briefly, at the beginning, and then, flash 40 a year later, and they've got four kids.
0: Oh, good, great, yeah. One That's... of the
1: kids, teenager, falls in love with a girl from the ocean. Guess who the girl is? Ocean Chief's daughter.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow. All right, because... Because no one else matters, you know. The Avatar Everybody,
1: franchise is
0: eating itself in real time. It's it's all just chosen people. Yeah, no one else. No one else's story matters. <laughs> you, you and I, basically, what James Cameron is telling us is, hey, you guys, you guys don't matter if you're not somebody important. You know, son or daughter, get lost because you're just a sideshow. Fucking, you know, you're just a sideshow. Uh, you no, know, yeah, I. I uh, There's that bit where she's like, you have to choose a woman. There's so-and-so who's great at singing. There's so-and-so who's great at hunting. And he's like, yeah, but I've already chosen. And I hope she chose me. And she's like, I already did. It's like, all right, yeah, do whatever you guys do. And (laughs) let's move on. That's horrible storytelling. Even worse is later when they're gathering all the tribes, which you're like, oh, well, there's more of these motherfuckers just like, in different areas of Pandora, like, oh, oh who are they? And he, he literally says, I called upon the horse people. The horse people, like, oh, dude, oh my god. And, and they just, and they just, he just does that like in five minutes. All of a sudden, it's like Mighty Ducks 2 when they gather all the people at the beginning of the movie, like, oh, we got all of our people. Here we go. Mighty Ducks 2 is a children's movie about hockey. This is. <laughs> This is James Cameron's avatar a movie that cost nearly $400 million to make. And, and they're, they do like a five minute montage of them gathering the tribes. We don't learn a goddamn thing about the other tribes. We don't learn one thing about them before they go into battle with each other to fight the, the Marines. Like what, what is that?
1: In part two, we
0: learned nobody went
1: and talked to the ocean people. Cause they say like, it's not our Clearly. war. And like, we do not fight with you. And we're like, well, I'm, I'm thinking like, it's a pretty big operation. Like you should have seen something. You you, you just you just left leaving this one out. Just not talk. We're gonna meet the sky people in part
0: three. You 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 didn't hear about what happened to home tree? Oh, shocking! Yeah, a
1: giant tree sticking out of the horizon that you can see from pretty much every plane on the on the planet. It's so big, just fell over, and you just didn't do anything about that.
0: Yeah, you didn't hear Stephen Lang say that's a pretty big tree. <laughs> you didn't hear that? I heard it
1: oh we flew over to go talk to you say like hey the prophecy's been fulfilled he's riding the big red bird
0: yeah We we got a war to fight did you hear yeah it's it'd be like if there was another michael jordan did you hear you know michael jordan was reincarnated yeah that's what it's like if a guy gets on big red bird it's 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 that rare. It's that kind of a thing. Like, well, apparently it's not that rare because in part
1: two, Jake's kid tames one of the big water creatures, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, you are one of us." It's the same movie. The more I'm thinking, the more I'm talking about it, the less excited I'm getting about it. So.
0: <laughs> you were you were full You're bamboozled. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was. I had some time, and now I'm thinking. You know what? It's I just watched Avatar again.
0: <laughs> that's that. That's what these movies are, though, right? Is like even if we didn't have this conversation, I feel like you would have woke up tomorrow and been like. Wait a minute. <laughs> the burger was good, but the movie not so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ! Um, I guess my favorite bit of the movie, yeah, I think it's my favorite bit, is is the initial um release of Norman, Jake, and and uh, Grace, Doctor Grace, when they go into Pandora. And you're kind of seeing the world for the first time. And you're like, oh, wow, this is pretty neat. This is There's lots of colors. It's a lot of, you know, it's very vibrant. Um, and he does the, like, he pokes those, like, one, that plant, and the plant fucking disappears or whatever. And then, boom, there's that giant fucking, like, hammerhead shark-looking giant buffalo thing. And, and, and attacks him. That's a pretty cool scene. That's a good welcome-to-our-world type scene. And then from there on out, he's by himself. And Dr. Grace is like, oh, he won't last overnight. You know, and then Natiri saves him and then the movie gets going. Uh, I wish we would have had more time for that. I wish the movie dove more into um, kind of getting used to this place rather than just montage. Like it's fucking Tarzan. <laughs> like, you know, you know, you know, the Tarzan montage scene, you know, where he like goes from five years old to 20. You're like, wait, whoa, whoa. That's a children's movie. It's a Disney movie. We're, we're supposed to be treated as adults here in the in the audience for Avatar, yet they treat you like, like you're a child. So I wish there was more time in that initial kind of wow factor of Pandora. I wish we had more of that with, with Jake, Grace, and Norman. I do think that's an interesting trio. I wish we would have had more of them just kind of walking around and her showing them what it's like to be there. Um, so... I remember in theaters being wowed by it. Like, whoa, this is crazy. Look at all the colors. And, and, you know, this this literal world that they created. That's that's where I can tip my hat to James Cameron. Is like, damn, dude. Like, this looks crazy. For 2009, and even now, it still kind of holds up. This is pretty fucking impressive. That does not outweigh my disdain for the story and the screenplay and the horrible character development. But it is something. It is worth something. So I'll give it that. I wonder what this planet's actually called, because yeah, the United States Army called it Pandora. <laughs> what the hell do they call it? So was like Giovanni Ribisi like listening to Pandora radio, and he was like, "Yeah, Pandora's a cool name." Yeah, I know. Unobtainium was ripped right out of the movie The Core. Nobody ever there talks go. about that. I I read about that earlier today. I was like, "Oh, those fuckers." Hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean Cameron even rips himself off he's got the fucking loading dock suit from aliens as like Quaritch's you know mech thing like
0: <sighs> yeah. wasn't that funny the final fight scene between you know Jake um, Stephen Lang and, and Natiri like when they're all you know they're like in the jungle at the end and he's like time 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 for you to wake up and uh, when he's in that thing He's holding like a giant, giant knife. It like like in one hand and, and the the fucking robot like flips it over. Like he's like holding it like this and he flips it and he's like, Let's fucking fight. You know, I'm like, this isn't Street Fighter. <laughs> like, like, my uh, my
1: favorite bit of the ending is when Neytiri saves Jake out of the out of the like matrix bin and she's holding him like a big man baby. Yeah. It's, like,
0: it's like you had sex with that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's that's your wife now according to custom
0: yeah and more so to her i'd be like you you're like a 10 foot like incredible being you slept with that <laughs> like, you slept with sam worthington like ah, oh, dude
1: <laughs> i'm glad that the like the the guy she was supposed to be with never saw human jake because he would never have let this slide it would have been like yeah. seriously. It would have it would have wrecked his ego irreparably if he was like I'm losing to the five foot tiny man baby.
0: Yeah. <laughs> God,
1: my personality God. that
0: shit. <laughs> <laughs> Am I no fun to be around? Yeah, I thought I was kind of cool. Uh Yeah, his character. I could have used a lot more development on his character. I think he could have been fascinating. This kind of you know super masculine character who's been doing this for a long time obviously very much seeks a a a high place amongst his people I, i'd rather watch a movie about him you know yeah there i i'd yeah. rather watch the movie from their perspective you know yeah. uh i don't know Well, they're not treated as characters, really. They're just
1: kind of treated as plot devices. You know, he's the angry warrior, and then there's the chief, and then there's the medicine lady. But they don't... I don't even remember their names, and they don't have, like, subtleties about their characters. They don't have wants and desires. They don't have, you know, black and white, you know, gray moments. They're just... They fit the scene as needed. And those are the laziest kinds of characters. I hate when characters are just here because they have to be. But I want... Reasons, yeah. So uh, w-
0: uh, one more question, yeah, about the logistics of these two movies because I haven't seen the second one. During the first one, and this is another thing that I thought would have been fucking cool if they would have gone into uh, Giovanni Ribisi, his character Parker Selfridge. He says, hey, "What a what a dumb name." Whenever whenever they're contemplating, you know, trying to like, what are we going to do to get this obtainium? towards the beginning of the movie and he's talking to Dr. Grace Augustine, he's talking to Sigourney Weaver and she's like, well, like we have to, we have to gain trust. We have to talk to them. Uh, it's going to take years. You know, it could take a long, long time to say, Hey, could we potentially do this? You know? And that's just that she's like, look, I, we probably shouldn't even go there. This is their world, you know? Uh, and he's like, yeah, but one kilo of this, you know, cost, you know, $40 million. Like, oh, uh, well, that's like, that's our, that's our goal here. There is a minute where he says, I don't want to just destruct everything, because that will look bad to the rest of the world. You know, It'll look bad to, to China, to Russia, to England, to all of Europe, to all of Africa, to all of South America. That's interesting to me. And they never go into that. They never go into what does the rest of the world, our world, Earth, think about? what the U S is doing to Pandora.
1: Well, I don't think the Russians are that annoyed by yeah. it, but
0: uh... I said Russians and then I was like, I should have just said like Europe. Yeah. Cause <laughs> yeah, like they, I think they're fine with it. Um... So, okay. Okay. That's also interesting. Wouldn't no. Russia be like, fuck you guys. We're going to beat your asses to it. You know, like there's so much, like there's so much from our earth, what we would do and how we would fight amongst each other to, to get the unobtainium. Unobtainable, unobtainium. But uh, like, why don't we? Why aren't we seeing any of that? Why aren't we seeing Giovanni Rubici on call with his boss, who's like, "Don't you dare fucking kill those people, or that's going to be on CNN News, you stupid bitch!" Like, like, where's all that stuff? You know what I mean? Like, where's the relatability, where we understand the stakes?
1: Uh, didn't make it into the script.
0: Because... Or, or, so in, in part two, there's none of that
1: either. No, the U.S. military just comes back.
0: Yeah, that's just, yeah. This time they put Eddie Falco
1: in charge of the project and there's no scientists. But um, sci-fi movies made in America do that. We never see the global implications of things. We never see what other governments want to do with this situation. Like Independence Day, for instance. We just see the U.S. government handling this. And then when America decides we're going to fight back, that's when the rest of the world's like, oh, America finally has a plan. What is it? Like that's every sci-fi movie made in Hollywood. All that matters is how the United States is handling it. Armageddon, Mm. Deep Impact, movies that are global movies. All we see is how is America handling it? It's That's just, you know, Avatar's no different. The American, you know, that's what Americans want to see is Americans handling American problems.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and I suppose, you know, you have have a, a certain runtime for your movie, so you can't do everything. I understand that. But there's there's got to be something you can do to kind of connect it to our world and make it make it have stakes. And I don't know. I think it would just help help everything go around. But yeah, I mean, yeah, who, who the fuck am I? Yeah, you know, uh.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I I think it's valid. I think that you know if you're gonna make a movie about human beings colonizing space, I would like to see a multicultural version of that you know it's not just the united states and you know white people from the united states who are trying to colonize the stars china has a space program russia has a space program mexico has a space program how
0: are they mm. handling that i would love to see that yeah same here man same here yeah well needless to say i don't think either of us would have voted for avatar at the 82nd academy Awards. i don't think we would have been uh chomping at the bit to get avatar uh in the door at this Oscars and yet a lot of people thought it was gonna win like everything yeah that's just that's just Tom yep
1: but then you know who came up came, you know who showed up and took everything away the ex-wife
0: Catherine, <laughs> the first female best director winner let's go so awesome love that lady oh she's great uh we're gonna we're gonna go through the categories here Uh, typically we save the winners for last from the specific movie with this. I want to change it completely. I just want to go from the bottom up. Okay. So starting with best, best visual effects. Avatar got the win. It beat district nine and star Trek.
1: Yeah, of course. Like if this was going to take any Oscar, it was going to take this one. This is fine. This is the one. Absolutely. No problem here. Uh, Star Trek looks great. I love Star Trek. That could have taken it. District 9, too. Honestly, like, it's good competition there. But Avatar, yeah. That's all anybody ever talks about with this movie is how beautiful it looked.
0: Yeah. And f- fair fair enough. You know, I have no problem with that. I'm not saying Avatar shouldn't have been up for anything. I just don't think it should have been up for 9. Yeah. And including Best Picture. Uh, best Sound Editing. The Hurt Locker took the win home. It beat Avatar. Here we go. Glorious Bastards, Star Trek, and Up.
1: <laughs> sound editing. Um, I gotta fucking see the Hurt Locker.
0: Um, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. I think you'd like it a lot.
1: I know I would. I just haven't. I I gotta. I'm going to. Um, so nixing the Hurt Locker because I haven't seen it. I give sound editing to Star Trek.
0: Okay. That's fair. I understand that. I'd give it to Her Locker just because it quite frankly I'm trying to think of a movie that I could kind of like compare it to. I mean it's it's about guys who a good chunk of the movie are are detonating bombs. Yeah. And so you have, you know, you have these massive scenes that are somehow like quite frankly, explosive in in imagery and in sound, but are are so human. I think this is Biglow's her her best attribute as a director. I I I love that lady. I think she's so fucking skilled. Is she has like kind of a um a a auteur a style, but she uses big massive stories that are appealing to to most people to to kind of just make entertaining movies but like within the movie Hurt Locker there's specific scenes where you're like god damn you know she she just knows what the hell she's doing behind a camera um so yeah i i, I yeah i really respond to that movie and i think you you would too uh the the sound editing is just it's just bonkers you know sometimes with war movies you just forget how how fucking tough it is to kind of simulate what it would be like. So that's true. Uh, but Star Trek, I haven't seen in a long time. You know, I probably haven't seen it since theaters all the way through. So I, I, I can't really argue with that, but I certainly wouldn't give it to Avatar.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I have a lot of love for Star Trek. Uh, never consider myself a Trekkie, but I love the, what they call the Kelvin trilogy, you know, Star Trek into darkness and then beyond. I thought those yeah. Were great, so yeah, uh, I know I'm going to like the Hurt Locker. I have a feeling it's it's going to have
0: a similar tone to Black Hawk Down. Yeah, that's that's a good comparison. That's a good one right there. Uh, you're gonna be you're just gonna be blown away by Jeremy Renner. You know, you just like man, that guy. Every time you're like, that guy's better than we give him credit for. You know, <laughs> um, best sound mixing for Hurt Locker with another win here. Uh, it beat a very similar group Avatar. And Glorious Bastard, Star Trek, and Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. Get that shit out of here. Boo. I, Boo. I, I, I understand, you know, it's sound mixing. It's not best picture. I still think there should be a threshold that the movie should be watchable to be nominated. You know, can we be a little bit snobbish? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and Revenge of the Fallen? No, thanks. I'm I'm with you. There's certain films
1: that don't belong here. That's just, you know, I'm sorry, but
0: like suicide squad.
1: Yes. I feel like, like if you're up for Razzies, you shouldn't be allowed in the Oscars. I'm, that's, that's where I've dropped the line.
0: Ah, uh, that one's I've heard that before. The reason that one's so hard for me is the shining was up for like worst movie of the year. Right. Ra- the Razzies it also
1: wasn't nominated for any Oscars. So
0: should've, I don't take
1: anything away there.
0: Should have been though. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been up for, you know, uh, Couple performances, best picture, screenplay, adapted screenplay, even though it's like way different than the book, Uh, you know, yeah, shame him out for a lot of cinematography. I agree. Uh, But it wasn't. You're right. It wasn't.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's 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 kind of the go to argument. But I just don't want Michael Bay invited to my party. (laughs) That's pretty much where it comes from for me. It's like, get out of here. You are not of the rest of these people. Get out of here.
0: Yeah, that's that's totally fair totally fair
1: (laughs) um yeah haven't seen hurt locker so once again sound mixing for me goes to star trek
0: okay i I can dig that i'll stick with the hurt locker good win um you know a couple of sound wins would make sense for that movie uh let's see best original score we have up that took the win fantastic score uh it beat avatar fantastic mr fox the Hurt Locker and Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. I forgot about that one. Holy shit. Yeah. Good group. I, remember, I like this group.
1: I remember back in 09 being very excited that Sherlock Holmes sneaked in there because I really yeah. like that movie and I still do. Uh, That's a, a,
0: yeah. That'd be a neat one to do on this show just because it's,
1: it's random. It would be. It's a bouncy, fun score and a cool movie. Uh, But yeah, up score is gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's sad. It's haunting. It's everything. So that takes it.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm totally cool with uptaking it. Um, Yeah, it's a quite powerful movie, matched by kind of its cast and crew. You know, it's not just a great story, but really well executed movie. Not the most rewatchable Pixar movie, just because it's so goddamn sad, (laughs) but that first watch is is pretty, pretty heavy, pretty impactful. Uh, Let's see here. Scroll past Best Makeup. Best costume design, obviously. No best art direction. Um, we got Avatar with the win. It beat the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. I vaguely remember seeing that movie. Vaguely, I should see it again. Uh, nine, another one I kind of forgot about. That's that's Rob Marshall, right? Uh, Chicago,
1: I believe so. That's like Daniel Day Lewis is like one Rotten Tomato. (laughs)
0: That's great. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, again, Best Art Direction, and The Young Victoria. Damn, I've I've not seen
1: most of these. Uh, I don't think Avatar should get Art Direction. I mean, what's special about the sets here? I mean, it's a CGI environment, the jungle, or every sci-fi movie set from the past 10 years.
0: Yeah, this one's tough. This one's tough. Um, it, I guess it is, is. Gotta admit, it's a little impressive what they do when we are. I mean, it's not a lot. A lot of the movie. This is this is one of James Cameron's things. Is when you're when you're walking around with Doctor Grace, or you're walking around with with a uh, Stephen Lang's character it feels it feels pretty fucking real when you're like walking around the military base and all those things uh the design of some of that stuff is 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 pretty bonkers like the beds that they go into to like where they go off the avatar all that stuff looks pretty fucking cool and that's where i see aliens in terminator 2 you know that's where i see that that stuff that practicality that built that built like hand built stuff that looks really cool but it's not a big part of the movie. Most of the movie we're at Pandora where it's, you know, obviously computers and, you know, CGI, it's all computer. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, this is a tough one. I don't have like a huge opinion on the other ones. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not like super familiar with them. I don't really have like a horse in the race here.
1: I've never seen Dr. Parnassus 9 or The Young Victoria. So I'm going to give this to Sherlock Holmes because I think that Guy Ritchie and his team developed a realistic and enjoyable take on Victorian London.
0: Okay. I like that. Good call. Now, the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, that, you haven't seen that? I haven't. Yeah,
1: it, it slipped, it slipped this me. This is
0: literally, like, made for you. You know, you got Terry Gilliam at the helm, yeah. Heath Ledger, Christopher Plummer, Andrew Garfield, Tom Waits. <laughs> Come on. You know, uh, I don't know. It's just, yeah.
1: It's Heath's last film. I've always wanted to see it. Um, I know that uh, I think it was Johnny Depp, Colin Farrell, and I want to say Jude Law.
0: Yep. Those are the three.
1: Yeah. Stepped in to help finish that. So, yeah, I definitely want to see it. And I like knowing that we could do it on the show if we wanted to. Uh, Yeah, I'll get to that for sure. I love Terry Gilliam as a filmmaker. You know that.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. That guy's just got one of the coolest imaginations. I, I would rather go to Brazil. A thousand times than I would Avatar, you know what I mean? I don't know. I'll,
1: I'll take the 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 fa- fancy alien world over the you know dystopian government
0: of Brazil. No, no, no. The movie. I'd rather watch the movie oh, okay. a thousand times than watch ten. Avatar ten times. Well, obviously that makes sense. I was thinking like <laughs> I don't know if I want to go there, but oh no, it looks bleak. Yeah, but it's but it's yeah. a cool. It's a fucking the production design, the practicality of it, fucking sick. Well, Gilliam has a style
1: like he brings this, you know, this Monty Python, you know, vibe to every film he's done because, you know, that's his roots. Cameron has kind of lost that. Like there's no. There's nothing left there and there's nothing left in the tank, I don't think. But Gilliam always has something weird to 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 do, you know?
0: Yeah. He certainly doesn't sell out. I'll give him him that. Uh, Best film editing. The Hurt Locker won this one. Uh, it beat Avatar, District Nine, and Glorious Bastards, and Precious. These are five best picture nominees. Usually, best film editing has some heavy fucking hitters in it. Uh, I give this to Bastards.
1: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. That movie is edited so beautifully. I mean, yep. know, the, everything he like that you know, Sally Menke's work with Tarantino is unmatched. Yeah, and especially with Bastards because you know from from page to screen that thing evolved so much it had to you know subplots got cut out characters got pushed to the forefront it's it's a completely different animal and that you know that comes from the editing room
0: yeah 100 um i think i think we've said this but you don't have tarantino without sally you know she's she's a vital piece to the things that we love as uh As film fans, Uh, of course, we're both quite biased because he's one of our favorite filmmakers, but I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cinematography. Mm. Here we go. Got some issues with this uh, this category. Avatar takes the win. Beating Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. (laughs) Very interesting nomination. The Hurt Locker and Glorious Bastards and the White Ribbon. Avatar and Half Blood Prince both being in the same category for cinematography is is, is quite fascinating. Is it's, it's that weird. is that what Half Blood Prince should be nominated for? You know, I, you know, you look at all the Harry Potter nominations and they're just random as fuck. It's like, yeah. can you, just leave us out. Leave them out of it. If you're not going to give him respect, don't like, don't act like you care. You know, you're just throwing. They just throw like a few of the movies a bone and some of them, they disregarded completely. It's like, all right, you don't really care. You know, stop, stop, stop acting like you do. (laughs) I have
1: such mixed feelings about half blood Prince. It's, it's a good movie, but I know it's not what we should have gotten, but it's a good movie. Yeah, it's, it is. I love that one,
0: but I totally understand the stuff they leave out, the stuff they leave out. It's hard. It's a tough one.
1: We don't get <laughs> the origins of Voldemort. We don't get Snape's history with you know potions. We don't get a believable romance between Harry and Ginny, and it's such yep. a crucial part of the of the book. It's like uh, what happened here, but and I know I keep saying this, but it's the only way I can sleep at night. It's a good movie. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, but cinematography, yeah, that's an odd pick. Uh, this goes to Bastards for me
0: yeah yeah for me it's it's between bastards and hurt locker i haven't seen white ribbon that's a black and white film i'm sure it's quite impressive it's uh michael haneke uh so yeah i i, I, would, I would love to see that at some point i've heard great things but yeah. as far as i'm concerned i'm giving it to you yeah, one of the more natural natural movies here
1: yeah i i don't think it's controversial to say that if you can build it on a computer it's not cinematography i mean yeah yeah, I mean, you can have elements in the background, but if you're building the whole scene on a computer, that's that's not the same animal.
0: Yeah, it's a different different beast. Uh, that's what the visual effects yeah. category is for. Yeah,
1: whereas Bastards is, you know, the way that movie's filmed is beautiful. Just you know, Shoshana running off into this into the horizon with Landa creeping up behind her in the doorway. That shot alone, <laughs> fuck man.
0: Yeah, good night. That is. <sighs> I think that's my favorite first 10 minutes of any Tarantino movie.
1: It's his first. It's his favorite 10 minutes. He, he has been adamant saying that is the greatest scene he's ever written. And I think he's right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think now. Beginning of Pulp. Yeah. Pretty good. Reservoir Dogs. I like the beginning of Reservoir Dogs. Uh, Jackie Brown. Yeah. Jackie Brown's got a good, good opening bit. You know, cross, across 110th Street. It's a good, good intro song uh kill bill yeah yeah he kind of kills it (laughs) his openers he gets your attention so fucking
1: quick every time he is Uh, so good yeah
0: (laughs) jang jango like yeah uh hateful eight for sure hateful eight you're just like who are these fucking (laughs) pricks uh and upon a time in hollywood hell yeah you know so yeah he's just kind of (laughs) yeah he's just kind of the master of this stuff Uh, But his most impressive, yeah, it's it's it's, you know, it's him writing and and directing the shit out of that scene. But it's Christoph Waltz just, you know, just chef's kiss fucking destroying that that bit of dialogue, just knocking it way out of the park.
1: It's the most sadistic, brilliant character he's ever written. Like Hans Landa is such a. Evil, but he's like fucking Moriarty. Of the Nazis it's yeah. it's it's genius I don't I can't believe that that character came out of the same dude who made like you know fucking Mr. Blonde like that guy's <laughs> penchant for characters is amazing I wish I had an iota of his talent
0: yeah that'd be nice wouldn't it <laughs> it would be nice <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right we got two more yeah the two two big ones best director Miss Catherine Bigelow with the win for The Hurt Locker. Beating James Cameron, Avatar. Lee Daniels for Precious. Jason Reitman for Up in the Air, a movie that we've covered on this show. Uh, and Quentin Tarantino for Bastards. I love you, Catherine. Love you to death. I hate doing this. <laughs> I hate doing it. It's not my fault the Academy has not awarded more women. It's not my fault. I'm going to sound like a total total dude here. But if Tarantino was going to win one directing Oscar, to me, it's this movie Inglorious Bastards. You're not wrong,
1: but I was sure I was going to be the one who had to say that. Yeah,
0: I think we're, I think we're, I think we're, I think we're on the same page.
1: <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, I haven't seen Precious. I've heard it's, it's a, it's a rough watch. Yeah,
0: very, very rough.
1: And I got to see the Hurt Locker. I'm glad the Academy finally recognized a woman after what? 90, 90 or 82, 82,
0: ceremonies. Yeah. 82. And then they don't do it again until Chloe Zhao for, you know, nomad land 10 years later. It's like, Oh, thanks guys.
1: Yep. Still waiting on a black director, you know, take your time. Yeah. Um, it's not like Spike Lee has been around for fucking 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> I just wrote a, a paper in my African-American history course on, Uh, African American representation in film and particularly with the Oscars I couldn't believe only six black directors have ever been nominated
0: oh yeah the Wikipedia page there's a Wikipedia page for black people who have been nominated and it is short Uh, well um, Cameron
1: you know what you're doing okay here You've you've, you've done better Jason Reitman up in the air is great but You weren't. You were never winning
0: this. You're in the wrong sandbox, my friend. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Frankly, like I think uh, Neil Neil Blomkamp should be here for District Nine.
0: Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. 2009. Let's see. 2009. What else came out that year?
1: Well, I mean, you could give the Coens a bone for a Serious Man.
0: Oh yeah, there we. Yeah, we haven't even brought up a Serious Man because it's not up for any you know technical stuff. Uh, yeah, I adore that movie. Um, this—I feel like there's something I'm missing that, like, I—I I really, really like. Hmm. Not sure what it is. I might—I might have to look some stuff up. But, uh, e- either way, I've looked at 2009 before. Bastards is just—it's the best movie from the year. And it's oh, just, the best. just the best. Whenever pl- Tarantino's,
1: you know, whenever he's got one, it's like, it, should anybody else even bother? <laughs> he's gonna win. <sighs> Or at least he's going to win the people's vote.
0: Yeah, but I think it's this one above all above all. It's not my favorite Tarantino movie. I mean, that's a weird conversation to have because I love almost all of them. You know, you know what I mean? It's depending on the day, but it's his best movie. It's yeah. his most It's it's just his most kind of audacious but also grounded at the same time. It's got wicked good performances. It's got all these different languages happening at once. It's just the most incredible thing that he's done. And that's obviously saying a ton. I've always been, you know, super, super partial to his, you know, his first three movies, Uh, or you could even say first four, like the first half of his career. I've always been so obsessed with those, just the kind of raw nature of them. But if you're talking about a guy who's at the top of his, craft it's it's bastards like he's he's done the he's done the, the work you know he's done the, the dogs the pulp the jackie brown the kill bills and then he does some kind of wacky shit there in the mid 2000s and then he's like you know what i know who i am i'm gonna make the best movie i've ever made and i'm probably not gonna top it and he hasn't i don't think he's come i love you know Django's great hate flight's great i love once upon a time in hollywood he has not really come close to me and recapturing the brilliance of of bastards it's his best movie
1: he came really fucking close with django though i yeah really yeah i really like uh,
0: django i like django but I, I don't know i just i don't know there's something about bastards that's just the imagination along with you know the the actual history you know it's it's mostly the different languages Just commitment to that is just so fucking cool for a mainstream director to do.
1: I know it's so weird for a director to be like, huh? My German speak German and my French my French people speak French. Like who thought who'd have thought?
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the fact that it that's
1: cool is yeah sad. But it works. Like that the scene in the in the in the bar in the basement, like I don't want that in English. It, it it's so much more satisfying to be in, you know, German with the English soldier mispronouncing and you know, them like the the German soldier catching him. It you need it for that. It's so perfect. But um I'll say it like this bastards is the one I tend to go back to the most.
0: I've probably still seen pulp fiction the most just off of well it's the first the first one I saw. And
1: I, I tend to watch Kill Bill more. Like if it's, it's on, short. I'll watch it. But it's if shorter. I Yeah, that too. But if I'm ever like I feel like Tarantino, my first thought will be like, well, then put on Glorious Bastards. Like that's the first one I want to go to. So yeah, I think it is his masterpiece, and it is a fantastic movie, and did not get enough recognition this year.
0: No, like specifically at the Oscars, I, I agree. Like just lost too often. So let's just go ahead and jump to it. Uh, uh, best Picture. It's just not not a great group. Um, Hurt Locker takes the win. The other nominees are Avatar, The Blind Side. Like, what a horrible start. Avatar and The Blind Side. Like, are you fucking... <laughs> see your best picture? <laughs> Don't you realize that means best movie? <laughs> fucking District 9. education, And Glorious Bastards. Precious. A Serious Man. Up. And up in the air. It's like half good, half bad.
1: Yeah, this was our... This was the first year where they decided to extend the invitation and make it.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right.
1: Yeah. Between like nine and 10 films. Uh, I didn't like it then. I don't like it now.
0: I tell you what, I don't like it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I still, obviously the hurt locker. I have not seen the blind side in education or precious. Uh, Okay.
0: So, so, so we need a, we need a proper showdown so you can knock those out someday. Yeah. i we got to do that. I own the Hurt Locker. I could do
1: this t- like today. <laughs> I <It> just happened.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what. Don't wait. Don't wait for the episode. Watch that movie. I pretty much stopped doing that. So yeah, that won't be a problem. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think it'll be anytime soon necessarily that we'll cover the Hurt Locker and, and do this year. But, it, you know, I do want to do it. I think it would be an interesting year. Uh, yeah. I've seen all of these. It's been been a minute for most of them uh i'll just go down the line i really like the hurt locker solid eight out of ten avatar Side. those are the weakest for me out of the group like by far after that i like district nine i think it's pretty good on education don't remember that one too well i was probably too young so my I, I need to rewatch it bastards of course precious very tough very 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 tough but pretty pretty impactful I adore A Serious Man. That would be second place for me behind Bastards. Uh, up, good shit, quality shit, is uh, just the second, yeah, just the second two two out of three animated films to be up for Best Picture, Beauty and the Beast, Up, and then Toy Story 3. Uh, so it's kind of in a rarefied error there. And then Up in the Air, I like Up in the Air. It's not a Best Picture movie. like it. I enjoy it a lot for what it is. If we're cutting this thing down to five, with these movies, I go Hurt Locker, Bastards, A Serious Man, Up, and District Nine.
1: Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you there. I don't
0: want to change that at all. That's a good bunch. I I wouldn't mind seeing Crazy Heart in that mix. I like Crazy Heart a lot. Yeah, um, I really liked A Single Man. I thought that single, one... a single man's good. That's a good shout out. Yeah, that was such a uh, sad
1: movie, but really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like you know, let's get the fucking blind side the hell out of there. That oh man, the blind side is one of the most infuriating movies I've ever sat through. They treated the main guy, Michael Orr, the actual football player they they made him look like a complete dumbass. And he when he came out and said, Whoa, 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 like I'm I'm still like in my twenties like you can't just fuck with my life like that in this movie i was like i'm with that guy <laughs> you know uh yeah it's just not my kind of movie i don't like sports movies that just fuck everything up and it happens too often um 2009 there's got to be some fucking movies i'm just not i mean like there's random shit like daddy long legs the safety brothers movie but like that's not coming near the fucking oscars you know uh there's movies i like like pirate radio that's not going anywhere near the Oscars, but I love it. You know what I mean? Higher Radio was so good. Um I love that In the Loop landed
1: a, a screenplay nomination.
0: In the Loop. Yes. That is a
1: f- fucking hilarious movie. In, In the Loop is one of the best political satires of all time.
0: Yeah, good shout. I love uh, In the Loop. We, we've talked about that before, I feel like. Just it randomly. comes up
1: random. Whenever we go to 09, In the Loop inevitably comes up cuz I just love it. I feel like not enough people oh, know about it. In the
0: Loop was that a that was screenplay yeah, a- adapted screenplay because it was based on a TV show. Okay, so that's why we brought it up because when we did Up in the Air, it was in the same category. Yep, there it is. Makes makes sense, and yeah. I would give it. I would give that award to either Up in the Air or In the Loop.
1: Nothing says best screenplay like the line, "Kiss my sweaty balls, you fat fuck."
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, fucking said. That's magic, right there. Yeah, that is just <laughs> brilliance, um, I, dude. I'm going through. <laughs> Good God! I'm going through the domestic box office from 2009. Uh this is domestic, not worldwide or anything. So the the list might be off, but you know, you like you got your Avatar, your Harry Potter, Half Blood, Up, uh, Twilight, The Hangover, <laughs> Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs, X Men Origins Wolverine, uh, Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian. <laughs> Fast and Furious, G.I. Joe, Rise of the Cobra, <laughs> Taken. Paul Blart Malkoff made a shit ton of money. Oh, my God, dude. What a weird year. 2012. <laughs> oh, that's great. Grand Torino. Uh, Slumdog. Oh, Slumdog Millionaire technically is from the year before. Um, Watchmen. Nice. I like Watchmen. I like that one. Watchmen's good.
1: Watchmen's good. I saw most of those in theaters.
0: You know, yeah, me too, man. I like vividly remember these experiences. And I, I remember, I remember a weekend where
1: my mom and I was still in Maryland at the time. And um, my mom and my grandma went on some trip or something. They were out of town. So it was just me and my grandpa. And we went to the movies twice in one weekend, which at the time was like a big deal for me. These days it's like, you know, Saturday, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we saw Defiance. Oh, yes, which was great. And then we saw Paul Blart Mall Cop (laughs) because I didn't know.
0: Didn't know palette cleanser. You know, I get it. I totally get it. (laughs) Uh, let's see. I remember. I remember seeing. Um. Uh. Yeah. Some of these didn't like technically come out in 2009. I remember seeing uh, Public Enemies and thinking it was so fucking badass you know i was like oh this is sick you know fucking Sweeney todd first batman come on <laughs> you know and uh and, and like i watch it now i still kind of like it but it's like not great you know um uh, it's, oh. it's gotten it's gotten shit on big time uh, as time has gone on but i remember thinking you know those movies when you're 14 and you see certain stuff you're just like this is the sickest shit ever you know and 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 you rewatch it as you as a you know full-blown adult and you just got to kind of come back down to earth uh i was the same way with law-abiding citizen i used to think that movie was fucking kick-ass then i rewatched it you know a few years ago and i was like, this is fine it's fine it's not (laughs) not great
1: i've been experiencing that a lot lately revisiting some uh some films i haven't seen in a long time and realizing that my tastes have changed dramatically and that's a cool moment where you're like you know I had one. I have an instance of a movie I loved back then that I kind of don't really like anymore, and a movie I thought was boring back then that now I fucking adore. So okay, I, that was cool. Um, uh, I remember I took a friend to see Twenty Twelve because I love me some disaster porn. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, in the theater, big Rolling big Emmerich.
0: fucking bowl of popcorn. Yeah.
1: yeah, I want to see Roland Emmerich destroy Los Angeles as many times as I
0: can. Yeah, yeah. There you go.
1: That thing that made like eight hundred million dollars. Like, I'm not the only one who loves Disaster Porn.
0: Oh yeah, no, no, that movie's in the top ten from the year. Yeah. Um, uh, here's a personal favorite for both of us: Drag Me to Hell.
1: Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, that thing still freaks me out. That's one of the scariest PG-13 horror movies of all time.
0: Uh yeah, <laughs> it still blows me away that it's that it's PG-13. Um, trying to see if there's any random shit here towards the bottom. No, no, no. I mean, fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh boy. Uh I guess this is a way to segue into our last little segment here of of the episode and we can get out of here. Um <laughs> uh, so before you know, um we 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 were doing this pretty pretty regularly. We were kind of highlighting movies that that we've kind of watched over the past week or so at the beginning of the show. And it kind of lost lost its footing just because we were doing more ambitious episodes where we needed as much time as we possibly could. Uh, I think it's good, actually. I think it's good to do it at the beginning of the episode or the end. So we'll do it at the end here. Uh, of course, I watched Avatar. Uh, I watched The Hurt Locker this past week. Just just kind of remind me I hadn't seen it in a while, and I was like, yeah, yeah, this is a pretty good movie. Uh, I also watched Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, you know, great Wes Anderson movie. It in most years I think would have won best animated feature, but it went against up, you know, that's like a really, really tough, tough, tough battle there. Uh but man, that is a God, that is a good movie. The soundtrack is so sick. The voice cast is so so unique. George Clooney and Meryl Streep, you know, Jason Schwartzman is batting a thousand percent in that one. Uh he's of course he's got his his guys, Bill Murray and Owen Wilson and those guys. Uh Adrian Brody. They're Adrian Brody's in it for like He has like four lines, but he's like, Hey, I get to go work with my buddy, Wes. You know, it just feels, always feels like this community experience feels like a family coming together for like a reunion. They're like, let's make a movie together. They're just having a good old time. I wish I was a part of it. (laughs) You know, Uh, I just always am filled with joy after I watch a Wes Anderson movie. So I had to do that. Uh, Other than that, I've watched a, some some Christmas stuff, some Christmas staples lately. You know, I watched over the past week. I watched Home Alone, Home Alone Two, and Elf. Those are just kind of you know just fun shit that you got to do every year. Uh, but the one I really want to talk about with you is is Speak No Evil. Ooh, okay, um, man, you know, I've been doing this huge project over the past year, and it's it's been fun to to do but it's mostly been for data for myself to kind of find out more about myself as a movie person at home and i've been fucking you know doing these monthly kind of logs these like little diary every month and i basically write down every movie not not tv show not miniseries or whatever like like full-on you know either documentary or movie feature-length film and and i write them down i write down what i watched it on Or what it's available on. And then I give it like a score or whatever, you know, uh, one through 10. And, you know, I did it. I started doing it last December and I'm going to end it this December. This is going to be the last one I do. So I'm kind of giving it, you know, a full, the full 2022 experience. Like what, what was I using the most? You know, Criterion I've used, I've watched about 70 movies on that, on that uh, streaming service throughout the year. That's, that's number one. I've watched like 50 something on HBO Max. Uh, you know, I've watched some on Netflix, some on Hulu, you know, Showtime. kind of, kind of what I thought would happen. The one, the one that just kind of seemed to just miss the boat completely was Shudder. I like. I went to Shutter one time in the whole the whole year, and it was this recent movie, Speak No Evil. This movie that came out this year, twenty twenty two. This wicked, nasty, dark. Danish slash Dutch movie that that like completely fucked with me and like did did, did exactly what I needed for me to kind of be reinvigorated with horror. Um, this year, you know, we've had the the sci fi horror movie Nope. We've had the you know Barbarian and Smile and Violent Night, all these kind of gems, right? And Speaking of Evil is right there with those for me. is is a total gem that I've definitely told a lot of people about. Uh, whether they're gonna watch it or not, that's up to them. I don't know. It's pretty grisly. But what I what I'm trying to get to, what I'm saying, and, and what I've learned about this process is, I need to use Shutter more, motherfucker. Like I need to use that service more. I tend to give myself too many things to watch in my mind. I don't have a list of stuff like, oh, I need to get to this, this, this. But when I sit down at night, my my daughter's in bed i'm I'm sitting down on, right in front of my TV and I'm ready to watch a movie I have too many things oh I got to get to this 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 if I don't get to it it's you know I haven't accomplished anything what I want to learn to start doing is just sit down and just go with what you feel like like what exactly are you feeling right now you don't have to cross anything off a list you don't have to knock out a classic just go with what you feel like right now right here right now And most of the time, if I'm truly, if I'm truly being honest to myself is like, well, I want to watch a horror movie, you know, but, but, but I have all these other eclectic interests when it comes to movies that it kind of gets in the way. They kind of like, they kind of go at each other and sometimes I'll end up being like, fuck it. I'm just going to watch something, something sports related, like a, a basketball game or soccer game or whatever. And I end up not watching a movie at all. My true joy lies within movies. My true joy. I love sports, but I am in love with movies. And with all that being said, I need to use Shuttermore this year, this upcoming year. I need to try to not look at it as a secondary streaming service, but like a streaming service that is there for me to use. You've given me... uh the go ahead to use it. It's your. It's your. You're the one who pays for it. I believe it's like fucking five dollars a month. I should be utilizing that. You know what I mean? That's what I've learned mostly about tracking this stuff. Is like I have just not used Shutter like at all. That wasn't really the case a couple of years ago. I used a lot. I was watching you know Takashi Miké films on there. You know I was watching other other like foreign horror movies. I don't know what it was throughout this past year where I was just not going there. I might've been giving myself too much prep for uh, this podcast to where I was kind of always using my spare time for this. And I want to kind of go, you know, take a step back from that and start going back to what I really love the most, which is horror. Um, That's what I've learned, man, in the past year about, about doing this whole project. Like it was, that was like the main point of doing it. I think was to realize I don't have to go to criterion every goddamn time. (laughs) I can go to other stuff too. (laughs) <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm
1: glad you had that that moment. Uh Shutter has evolved into one of the most reliable sources of yeah, yeah. Mainly creative original horror films. And uh this year they have churned out some epic shit. Um uh, I had a similar epiphany about Shudder earlier this year and uh I've relied almost entirely on uh Caleb's recommendations for what i should watch and he has been on the money pretty much every time you know he's the one who told me to check out the sadness he told me to watch the spine of night he told me to watch christmas bloody christmas speak no evil i think might have came from him too and it's all been just gold original gold that you can only watch there yeah yeah and you can get like you know if you look hard enough you can get the blu-ray too which he does, which is weird, because he has the Blu-ray and Shudder. It's like that's never leaving Shudder, but you also have the Blu ray. I don't know, I don't have time to get into that. <laughs> but um, he loves his physical stuff, yeah. I get it. I love it too. Um but yeah, Shudder is starting to become one of my favorites, and I love what they offer, I love what they have, and uh I know you're gonna you're gonna find some cool, cool shit. I know the sadness is is coming up for you. One that you want yeah. to check out. That's the most depraved nightmarish zombie film i've ever seen in my life and it's it's going to it's not going to leave your head.
0: <laughs> good, good, good. This is what i need, you know. What um past past week or so aside from seeing avatar in theaters, what what else have you gotten into? I've been embarking on a project of my own. Um so i have
1: what is colloquially known as a shit ton of films that i own personally. I have a giant Blu-ray collection. I have a giant DVD collection. And it is entirely because when it comes to purchasing films, I have a serious impulse control problem that I refuse to address. I bought seven more today.
0: (laughs) After buying
1: like six yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I will not stop because I, this makes me happy.
0: But where do they they all go? (laughs) I always wonder why I
1: don't have a lot of money. This, this, this is why. (laughs) <laughs> but um i was i was looking through my collection and i realized i haven't fucking seen a lot of these i just buy i shelf i move on so i decided if i'm gonna own these fuckers i want to i want to see them i want to watch these things i want to you know want to write them off my list so i've gone just started alphabetically working my way through the numbers and the a's and I'm watching my Blu-rays that I have either not seen or never reviewed. Because if I haven't reviewed them, that means I haven't seen them in eight years. All right. Let's hear what you what you got so far. I started with 310 to Yuma. Oh, fucking adore that movie still. Nothing's changed. Yeah. Just fantastic.
0: Fucking sick. Yeah.
1: I did come to realize that it had quite a big subconscious influence on my own work, which made me laugh the whole time. Um, <laughs> I followed that with 28 Weeks Later. Nice. Which I forgot how fucking solid that movie is.
0: It's such a great sequel. It, it just has. Yeah, it has 28 days later, uh, you know, looming over it. It's like yeah, that's it's not fair. fair. That's not fair. It's hard to follow such a
1: perfect act like that. But, you know, giving us a new group of characters, showing us, you know, the reconstruction of London and how that fails miserably due to a new strain of the virus. It's like, yeah, fucking sign me up. I love it. And people who weren't quite super famous yet keep popping up in that Jeremy Renner, for instance. Yeah, uh, Rose Byrne, Idris Elba we got a great role by Robert Carlyle like it's great I really wish that the right people would talk to each other so we could get the third film finally uh, then I watched the A-Team <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I didn't care for it like at all <laughs> <laughs> I really liked this when I saw this in 2010 when I was 15 and didn't know any better and I was just like oh this is cool I, I started to nod off. I was like, this is just an espionage thriller from 2003 that they shoved the A team into. Yeah, yeah. I don't even like this. So <laughs> that was a moment where I'm like, okay, I have changed. This is giving me an interesting,
0: like, personal reflection of who I've become, which is cool. For sure. Yeah. No, this is like a this is a really, really good way to reflect. Yeah, I followed that with Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. let's go
1: and also was like this is this is terrible this is this is not great it's fun but it's not great it's also doesn't make a damn lick of sense because it tries to basically shove the entire civil war into a decent vampire western and it just kind of he becomes president because he has to like there's no it's like he's hunting vampires and all of a sudden he's like oh shit i gotta run for office and then he's the president (laughs) it was so weird uh, but you know, fun. And then I watched American Gangster.
0: Mm, fine film. Oh
1: my god! I um, I didn't care for this. I saw this in 2007. I thought it was long. I thought it was boring. I want to kick 2007 Connor in the balls because he was an idiot. He wasn't
0: <laughs> paying attention. You were twelve. You're he wasn't like,
1: paying attention.
0: You were a kid. <laughs> Fifteen I, years ago.
1: <laughs> there's no excuse. You were just is <laughs> I, <laughs> I um I, I I intended to watch this is about two and a half hours long. I intended to watch half of it. I started at like two in the morning. I couldn't stop. I just kept going. I was just like, oh wow. Like the whole time I was just glued. I don't think I blinked maybe like three times. <laughs> and it's such a fantastic movie. It's such a brilliant gangster movie. Denzel versus Crow. Like holy shit. And yeah, has some yeah. incredible moments of just pure, you know, nut flexing. <laughs> just yeah. look yeah. how badass I am. I I wish I'd seen this when we did our our Ridley Scott thing, because I wanted I wish I'd brought
0: this up. Oh. No, the the Ridley Scott thing with uh with Caleb, where y'all did like top 10, right? Or... Oh, yeah, that was on that show. <laughs> I thought we did that yeah. for Black
1: Hawk Down. No, we did that for House of Gucci. Yeah. Yes. yes. I wish I'd I'd had that for then, because this is this might be my new favorite like, you know, two thousands Ridley Scott movie. This thing is badass. I gave it a nine. Went from a seven to a nine. <laughs> I skipped eight. I've, I never skip eight.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <sighs> eight's the threshold. Yeah. No, I'm no, I'm 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 with you, man. I I really really like that movie. A uh, couple of Oscar nominations. Best Actress in a Supporting Role and Art Direction. Uh, cannot believe Denzel didn't get a nomination here. Uh, it's just crazy. Which would which would be so badass because he'd be he'd be going against our guy Daniel Day Lewis.
1: <laughs> he'd still lose regrettably, but it'd be well, cool. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one in the history of Oscar Oscars is the only guy who might be able to beat Daniel Day Lewis as Daniel Plainview is Bert Lancaster as Elmer Dantry. That's that might be the only scenario. <laughs> just gotta grab the the, the building block <laughs> yeah exactly so i'm enjoying yeah. this
1: project i finally have some fucking time to breathe after this insane semester that nearly drove me into madness uh so now i'm just going through I ha- american psychos next as soon as i get to go back to my place and take over my movies again and i'm loving this i'm i'm experienced i'm finding you know old films that I always thought I liked, I don't like anymore, and old films that I might not have cared for, I now see something in, which tells me a lot about who I've evolved, thanks to just a constant stream of cinema.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's like one of the uh, what's the word? Um, What do you call it? Fucking, I guess it's like one of the mottos of, of Oscar Sunday is and film and filmgasm. It's kind of what we've built our friendship upon with movies is like just don't ever turn your back on the past you know <laughs> maybe through with the past but the past ain't through with us you know and and, <laughs> and, right. and when you rewatch movies you could just everything can change everything and even even if you like something it, it's, it's it's every feeling is good is you watch something that you're like oh this is fine and you're like actually no it's not That's a good feeling because you're like, oh, that solidifies change. If it's for you, like American Gangster, it it solidifies growth. And if it's a movie that you said this was great and still great, it solidifies your taste. (laughs) It's like that feels good too. all of all three of those feel fantastic. You know, (laughs) you rewatch something that, you know, you love and you still love it for the 90th time. You're like, I know myself. I know I like I know who I am, but it's also good to add little pieces to yourself. So, the American Gangster piece is great. You know, it's a fantastic movie. Two thousand seven, just totally stacked year. Imagine if that would have been up for Best Picture. It fucking should have been. It's an incredible yeah. film. Yeah, uh, if you could, so if you could slot in Zodiac, American Gangster, and uh, let's say that one we always talk about, uh, Three Ten to Yuma. Like, come on, come on. <laughs> and you still and you still have there will be blood and no country for old men. It should be the ultimate dude. Like, fuck, yeah. Like a uh, category of all time. <laughs> it I mean, I can't see an argument
1: against it. I they're such all five of those are fucking phenomenal movies, regardless of who the
0: intended audience is. I yeah, mean, come on, dudes, yeah, dudes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's yeah, it's Fincher, Cohen's Ridley Scott. Paul Thomas Anderson and James Mangold. Fuck out (laughs) of here. Sign me up. I could go to a deserted island and live with those five movies forever. You know, they're they're like, they're that good. They represent the year. Uh, So yeah, I'm really glad you had American Gangster. It's got some of my favorite Denzel moments of all time. It's got some underrated Russell Crowe stuff going on. One of the, you, you texted me this, but one of the most impressive casts, as it just continues to move forward you're like is that john hawks what is he doing here you know is that ted levine like yeah like what how how do they get all these people ruby d like how do they get all these fuckers to be in this movie yeah she would tell of four is his like younger brother fucking common pops in at one point cuba Gooding jr yeah just it's just (laughs) fucking nutty (laughs) you're like ah i i adore that movie man um idris elba the scene with Idris Elbow in the street, just fuck, fuck off. Like one of the coolest things ever.
1: Some fantastic last words. What are you going to shoot me right in front of everyone? Come on. Boom.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The like, last.
1: Oh, man. And I love that there are zero consequences to that for the rest of the movie. It's just no one's going to tell on Frank Lucas. Like, yeah, goddamn, yeah, that's power. I, would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell on him either. That guy's
0: fucking scary.
1: Fantastic! Yeah, I want to do that on fake true stories because Frank Lucas was Ooh, real. Like, this was all yeah. based in fact. I would love to explore the real Frank Lucas and the corruption of New York's uh, drug drug enforcement cops
0: in the seventies. I like that. i I really like. I really like the uh, Denzel playing a monster. I love that. Cause has always been this kind of stand-up guy. He's always been he's always been someone who's talked about like he's a man of faith and he's a man who has like serious integrity. I remember watching interviews of him talk about playing Frank Lucas, and he was like, Look, I am I am not cool with the man. I am not cool with what he did. I'm playing a character, I'm gonna try to do it justice, but I do not approve one thing that this man represented. And he, he told that. At the time, uh, Frank Lucas was alive when the uh, when the movie was, you know, in production and whatnot. And he told that like to his face, Frank Lucas. He's like, "You like you deserved what you got, you know." Eventually, uh, and that that's that's like the power of Denzel, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I love when he that scene. Uh, I need to watch, I need to rewatch this movie too. I've seen it a handful of times. It's got that. It's, it's got a fucking really cool Jay Z. Soundtrack that you can buy, it's like all Jay Z songs. It's fucking sick. but there's a scene where Frank Lucas is like talking about a like a rug or something, and he's like, "Don't rub that, blot it. That's a twenty five thousand yeah. dollars." <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> so awesome. I
1: was like speaking of the soundtrack, yeah. Across hundred and tenth Street pops in at one point in that yep. movie. Has and to. I was, yeah. I was just like, ah, that just makes me think of you now.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's-
1: Yeah, it's fantastic, and uh, it's weird that they would think like you know Denzel Washington playing a mobster would make is he's not endorsing that like I didn't like did people say the same thing to you know Ray Liotta when he played Henry Hill?
0: Yeah. Oh, true, true. Oh, Goodfellas would be a crazy fake true stories.
1: I am so torn. There's certain at movies where I'm like, would that be a better fake true stories or would that be a that's there to be Oscar Sunday. It's like, who do I want to talk to about this is really where I come, where it comes down to
0: (laughs) what's good about these two shows is we very rarely go into the truth of, of a movie, of a movie on here. Like I'm not about to do a, I'm not about to do what what Isabel does, (laughs) you know, uh, I'm not about to do what Isabel does. The level of research
1: she does is fucking amazing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. She's her own like freak of nature in that realm. You know, uh, If we're doing American Gangster, I'm talking about how fucking badass Denzel is. You know, I'm not. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Uh, So, like, if we're doing Goodfellas, we just kind of space it out. We'll do our own take on Goodfellas, and then a couple years later, you guys do Goodfellas your own way. You know, so I don't see. I I think we've done a really good job of taking movies from FilmGasm and putting them on here because it's a different different conversation. uh, all, All in all, you know, we're we're surrounding it around the ceremony and the awards that we give it. I don't know. I'm just, I, I kind of like that we get to redo movies on different shows. I think it's really unique.
1: It's a good point. And, it, you know, it, I think it's just like, I think we brought up Titanic and my immediate thought is that's a Best Picture winner. <laughs> so, like, I got to turn <laughs> that off because I'm like, well, we're not talking about it over here. We're talking about it over there.
0: <laughs> oh, that is, that, that's good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: but, yeah, it's been a fun time getting to just kind of Disappear. Watch three movies in a day. I haven't got to do that in a long time, and this this feels good. Especially it's the calm before the storm because as soon as January rolls around, I got three months to write the biggest thing I've ever written. So back,
0: yeah, back to the grind. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna enjoy the holidays and just turn off for a while.
0: Yeah, well, you got you still got uh, a couple weeks, so soak soak it up. Watch some stuff. I'm gonna try to. Commit myself to watching more Shudder stuff over the next, you know, over the next year, uh, starting with the sadness. So I'm excited to watch that uh, before the year ends. I definitely want to get that in before the year ends because I I think it could be on my end of the year list for my you know favorite movies for 2022. Uh, this is fun. Very rarely do we do a movie that we both don't have a whole lot of great feelings about. Um, all in all, I give an I give Avatar a five out of ten. Just think Ooh. it's just think it's uh. Not great, not great, Bob.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to stick with my seven.
0: I was enough. I'll, all right. Fair, no, oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. It it looks incredible. It does. It does. That's why I give it half. I get half the points. The other half is gone because the story's shit. <laughs> fair, yeah. All right. You
1: know, six. Okay, six. I got. <laughs> I got some editing to do on the website.
0: Just just bullied you into the corner. <laughs> like, give You're it not a wrong, though. It's like, yeah, I can't
1: shit on it for two hours and then just be like, you know, it's pretty good. I can't do that.
0: Yeah, I've always looked at, you know, I've always looked at five as like just completely average right down the middle. It's fine. It's whatever. Take it or leave it. Don't really need it. Six is like, there's a couple things that I like. Seven's like, hey, this is fine. This is fine. It's not good. but It's fine. Eight is where you get to the movies. Hey, I actually like this. There's some cool shit going on here, and then nine and ten is like, yeah, we're getting into special territory. It's a movie I legitimately enjoy and I want to endorse and and t- talk about. So I've always looked at it that way. Five is just kind of the, if it's below five, it's like, sorry, buddy, I you know here. That's for like the anchors away and the fannies. Like, see you later. Don't want to ever talk about you again.
1: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I think I'm I'm that, but like. 1 point above. Like to me 6 is average. It could have been okay. better. 7 is good, but you're missing something. 8 is really good. I enjoyed it. And 9 and 10 are just, you know, masterpieces.
0: Okay. Yeah. So we're we're close. We're close in that kind of interpretation. I like that. I like that a lot. Um uh, man, this week is going to be cool on our shows. We got we got we got uh this is like a really really cool three three movie run. Obviously, it's Christmas week. Uh, this this episode, if you're listening today, is released on December 18th. So a week from today will be fucking Christmas Day. We will have an episode on Christmas Day, my friends. We will. Before that, though, on Wednesday, episode 220 on Film Guasm. Crazy. <laughs> uh, we're doing Krampus the Naughty Cut. That's going to be, I feel like a few people are going to be on that one. That's gonna um, be
1: uh currently it's uh Colton and Caleb are gonna be joining me. Uh Josh regrettably has a scheduling conflict. Uh but it's gonna be fun. Last time we did Krampus, uh it could have been better. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna do the director's cut as an excuse to just go back in and do Krampus with the right crowd.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And and yeah, it's a it's a great movie to do the week of Christmas, you know, for on film guys. It's like the definition of you know a christmas horror movie so perfect uh this is great this i will be listening to i will be tuning in cuz i have seen this movie episode 51 jesus christ that went fast <laughs> good good night <laughs> beyond the bads almost been around for a whole year um on friday black christmas the remake from 2019 just a dog dog pile of shit like it's just a pile of dog shit. I even messed up the term because I was, you know, in this movie, so bad. <laughs> a pile of dog shit is Black Christmas. But it's so bad it's funny, you know? It's so bad that you, like, you can't help but laugh and have a good time making fun of this horrible movie. So this is perfect for this show. Perfect for Beyond the Bad. Take a through, through and through classic Black Christmas from the 70s. Take the remake. Put it on Beyond the Bad. Have some fun just tearing it to pieces i can't wait for that episode
1: i have heard so many people tear this movie to shreds oh, oh. i'm I'm not like i know it's going to be a fun episode but i feel like watching it is going to be
0: a chore uh yeah but like whatever you know it's shit so like just have fun just have fun laughing at the joke the travesty that is black christmas 2019 it's it, so bad Caleb has has like
1: singled this movie out so many times on Beyond the Bad. It just comes up randomly. It's like it's a hate boner for which there's no relief. It really is crazy. I think when he put the schedule together, this was the first thing he wrote down. He's like, we're tearing this movie up in Christmas. I'm like, yeah, okay." so it has come. Uh, I don't expect to say much because I know Caleb
0: has quite a lot to say about this movie. If I could, I, I can't. But if I could, this is one that I would have be on as well. Because I I think it's just it's just a hilarious movie because it's so bad. Like, like, Brianna and I watched it and we just had fun because it's so bad. It was one of those, you know, it's one of those that you're just like, <laughs> you just, as a viewer, you just give up. You're like, <laughs> this is just terrible. It's, I think, uh. to
1: date, the only one that Caleb has ever given on a review.
0: Yeah, no, I'd definitely give this movie a one or a two. Yeah, it's just it's just something else. Rarefied air, my friends. Uh see that's on Friday. Can't wait. Can't wait for that. And then on Christmas Day, Sunday, Connor and I will be tackling maybe the most iconic classic Christmas movie. It's a Wonderful Life, nineteen forty six. Nineteenth Academy Awards. We've been there before. We're going back again for a fantastic movie. Jimmy Stewart at his apex can't wait for that man it's gonna be really cool to do a christmas day episode of course we'll we'll record on either friday or saturday so you know we'll spend our <laughs> we'll spend our, our, our actual christmas day with our families but we will have content out if you are interested in you know listening to a couple guys definitely praise a a, a movie from the 40s uh this is just one of those staples of every christmas you got to watch it's a wonderful life so we feel like it's right to cover it on this show. Uh, I want to say the first Christmas we had on Oscar Sunday, we did Die Hard, right? Yep. Last year, Home Alone. We did. We did Home Alone last year. We're kind of knocking out like massive movies that have Oscar nominations uh, for Christmas. It just so happens that it falls on Christmas Day. Pretty cool. I can't wait, man. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be good to do a a movie. We both are on the same page that we both like a lot after Avatar. So, uh, yeah, this is fun, though. This is fun. I had a good time. We also got to talk about American Gangster. So I'm good. I'm good with that. (laughs) Uh, You guys keep listening to us. Keep following us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Check out uh, the website as Connor shreds these, uh, these reviews over the next couple weeks while he's just knocking movies off of his shelf. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun to get the text messages from you, like what you're doing next. And I love that. I think it's a really cool project. I should at some point do that myself because there are movies on my shelf that are just there and I either, I either haven't seen them or I haven't, like you said, I haven't seen them in 10 years. So it's a great project. I'll keep, uh, I'll keep my word. I'll get to shutter. I'll get, get, get to shutter more often. Uh, other than that, I don't have anything else to say, you know? Uh, about 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 avatar and the way of water and the the way of the way of navi and all that all that jazz but uh keep watching movies guys and we'll we'll see you on wednesday